is Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll free to join us here if you want. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Melanie. And, of course, you can bring up anything. That's the point of the program. We also have our Discord on our call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. So head on over to one of those and jump into them. We'll get you on the air, and you'll then sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. We can talk about the prostitution case that apparently is uh, expanding now to target another billionaire down in South Florida. Uh, that can be on the excuse me that can be on the way here tonight but melanie you wanted to talk about this new draft case which uh garnered a bunch of headlines i think within the last day or so uh that uh, some federal court has ruled i don't think it was the supreme court right was it it was not it was a lower federal court so it doesn't matter (laughs) well it's getting a lot of news coverage about uh the draft and specifically women and the draft uh what what's going on yeah so there's been reports that the draft has been declared unconstitutional as as if it's going away there's been reports that women are now subject to the draft there's just been those are two completely different outcomes yeah sometimes i can look at a story and be like the reporter that reported this is just lying and they need views sometimes i can't tell if they're malicious or if they're just that incompetent Probably the latter. I mean, many reporters it, it don't know be. the law. They don't understand probably the court systems that they're working on or, you know, reporting well, but then on. I don't understand microbiology, but I don't write reports on it. Right. You would think that the AP or whoever it is, Reuters, I'm not sure who we're talking about here, but you would think that they would hire an attorney to actually do their writing on legal issues. That would be the smart thing to do, but I don't know if that's what they actually do. I hope not. You hope they're not hiring an attorney? Well, based on their output, I hope that this is just somebody who yeah, is like, uh, just some I don't kid. know this. <laughs> All right. Well, where's the story coming from? When what um, are they claiming? It's coming from a bunch of different places. I pulled up this one from USA Today, probably just because that's the first one Google gave. Now me. USA I Today, I remember reading back. Um, but it was on a. Bu- it was in a bunch of pretty major. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but what I was going to say about USA Today is I remember reading years ago that uh, USA Today has a, an editorial policy of writing at either it was a fifth grade or a seventh grade reading level. So they are particularly noteworthy for the kind of the reading level that they write their news stories for. Uh, I'm not saying that any of the other papers out there are any better, but just, you know. Okay, but it's also CNN, NPR. No, no, I'm just saying. um, I'm sure there's reports everywhere. New York Times and NBC. And it's probably just Fox as News. bad of an understanding of it everywhere else. Uh, yeah. from, so I did look through one of them, and I don't remember which one it was. And I'll just tell you the gist that that I got from the report. And again, this may not have anything to do with reality and what the court actually ruled. Um, but it was my understanding that basically they've ruled that having having a selective service system for just one gender is wrong or unconstitutional and so therefore they would need to either do one or the other thing which is to say have the selective service for both genders or to not have a selective service so you're saying that's what a media outlet said that's my interpretation of what i read from some media outlet yeah so yeah there were media outlets saying that there were media outlets picking one and running with it um what actually happened was nothing Okay. Which is kind of a boring thing to report on, I guess. So but when you say nothing, I mean, they the, presumably some judges issued an order. No. Nope. Are you saying no? So 
There was a deni- a denial for a request for summary judgment, which what means is that? that so basically this group, the National Coalition for Men, issued a request based or sued the the military, and the military issued a request for a twelve v six, which is a claim that. This case is so beyond frivolous that you don't even have a claim. You're just writing on paper. Basically, you're literally claiming the other party is just writing on paper random stuff. There's absolutely no, not only no legal basis and no legal argument, there is no legal claim contained within this document. Hold on, that's what the military is saying? Yes. The military is saying, throw this case out, this is garbage. Yes. Okay. And so the court ruled on their motion? Yeah, so the court ruled on that because they have to. Mm-hmm. This case isn't over. There's, I don't know if it ever will go anywhere, but... So the judge basically said, and this is two paragraphs, the judge said, well, there is a claim within this document, mm-hmm. therefore, this case is going to proceed to court. That's it. That's it. So no decision has actually been made here. I see what you're saying. (laughs) And that's what you would expect in most 12b6 claims because to succeed on a 12b6 claim, you're talking about stuff to the level of I'm suing you, Ian, because you're wearing an orange short and that gives me emotional distress. So I'm suing (laughs) you for $7 million. And then Ian would come back and be like, you're not stating a claim. You can't yeah, sue me. Not because I'm right, but because you're not even stating a claim. Mm-hmm. And then the judge would be like, yeah, that, there's Upon no claim which here. Upon relief can dismissed. be granted. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's to that level of just absurdity. Well, there's no standing frequently, right? Where the person attempts to uh, well, that's to not sue. even a, That's not even a 12v6 or right. a claim of no claim. That's just no standing. Yeah. Which some 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 of those can be more substantial than others, but... So, okay, just to recap here. So, this men's rights group has sued the military? The military. It's a selective service system of the military. They've sued the selective service system saying, this is unfair, you're discriminating, you you should either have uh, selective service for all, for both genders, or you should have it not at all. You should not exist. Is that kind of what, do you know what their claim is or what their... So you don't usually get to read the claims themselves unless you subscribe to ridiculous levels of access to stuff, but you can kind of figure out what, if you read some of the prior rulings that seems to have been their claim... Mm -hmm. I can't say that for sure because I don't have access to the claim right. itself. I So at this point, no court has actually ruled on this case. This is at a right. district level, federal district court. Right. Uh, all the judge did was say, we're throwing out your claim, military, that there is no claim. Yes. <laughs> and that's and what's so getting that gets headlines. reported as there is no more draft <laughs> or women will be drafted or some other ridiculousness <laughs> that CNN decided to make up. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you uh, glad you clarified that. And so it was that information was in the USA Today story, huh? That the judge basically just. Well, no, I looked no. up the. You looked up the court the case. Court cases. What did you do? Pull it up on Pacer. Uh, no. You can so court cases themselves. If you want mm-hmm. the collateral documents, which is like the filings of the parties and stuff, you're going to have to pay somebody for that. But if that's you Pacer, just right? The federal court system. Um. 
there's a couple of systems you can use, okay. and that's probably not the best one. But if you just want the judgments, you could just go to you. I mean, you can Google that. You can go to Google Scholar and just mm-hmm. pull it up. Hmm. In this case, there is no judgment because the case hasn't even been heard yet. Yeah. At this point in the game. All right, so it's going to be one to keep an eye on. Eventually, it could have some sort of an effect on this it, it, it selective though. service system. What do you mean? Like down the down the road, you're saying yes. the judges will so, not... So, for it to matter at all, it would have to be a U.S. Supreme Court case. Mm-hmm. Lower level federal courts will rule silly things sometimes. The Supreme Court is not... So, if the military decides they want to draft women, that's going to be approved. Mm-hmm. It, the court is not going to overrule their decision either way. The court has a history of being smart enough to realize what is and isn't kind of a core government function and just never opposing those and also never really making a solid legal argument, just kind of pretending that it's not. Like, they're never going to rule that you don't have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. They're never going to rule that the military can't do something that it wants to do. They upheld concentration camps with kind of no real legal argument and they're not going to they're not going to declare that the draft is unconstitutional and they're not going to tell the military who they have to draft it's just not going to happen interesting predictions and uh, melanie did go to law school by the way just in case you were wondering the toll-free number here is 855 450 free you can join us and bring up whatever's on your mind if you're in the military you've got some feelings about uh the draft the selective service i think the draft needs to be abolished entirely uh, 855 450 free like freedom and the selective service rather also should be abolished entirely this is free talk live It is Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free. Join us here. We've got another ridiculous uh, situation with courts on the way. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Ian and Melanie in the studio here tonight. Also, Free Talk Live brought to you by Bitcoin.com. You want to learn about the basics about Bitcoin, cryptocurrency? Get started at Bitcoin.com with their Bitcoin Academy. They can also help you choose a Bitcoin wallet, buy some Bitcoin, and show you where you can spend your Bitcoin. Plus, you can read the latest news or engage with the community on the Bitcoin.com forum. Just go to Bitcoin.com and get uh, interactive there. There's a lot of free stuff there. A lot of good information at Bitcoin.com. We go to the phones to the fun. Peter is on the line in California listening uh, or listens to our podcast. Go ahead, Peter. Hey, guys. Just wanted to get your opinion on something that happened with me the other night when I got pulled over. Oh, okay. And I felt it was fairly unjust. Um, There's a good chance of that. Well, there's a 99 plus percent chance that it was unjust. Yeah. Yeah. So I had had a couple drinks. I was a little over the limit. I had California stopped. A stop sign got pulled over legitimately. Um, Came up, uh, ended up arresting me. I ended up going Mm -hmm. to jail. But where I had pulled over was a perfectly legal spot to park. I wasn't obstructing anything. They end up towing my car. Mm. Get out of jail 16 hours later. By the time I get it out of the impound, $700 later. Damn. And I just thought to myself, first of all, I had to go to the police station and pay them $110 for the privilege to go to the tow yard and and bail my car out. Yep. But the, the whole issue I had was I was, you know, I could legally park my car there for three days and never get towed. I was legally parked and it just seemed like extortion to me. I mean, just that's totally what this is. Uh, yeah, I know. And so, so you I said it was yeah, private property. Where did you park uh, the car? It was on a, it was on a public street, but you know, I can. It was in front of somebody's house. 
where I, in California, I can legally park a car there for three days. Mm -hmm. Um, After three days, if you don't move it, they can legally tow you. Uh, if the neighbors complain, but well, I suspect that, that uh, I'm just going to guess here that I suspect that in California, if you are po- parked on a public uh, way, as they call them, a public street, mm-hmm. that they can go ahead and tow you just because you're parked on the public street. Whereas if you were on a private lot, that might have been a little bit different. If you had parked at a, you know, a shopping center or something like that, uh, they may have left sure. it there. Uh, I imagine different police departments in different states treat these things differently they might have mm-hmm. legal authorization to tow you just if you're drunk also whether you're parked yeah, legally was, or that's not what i was thinking but i was thinking that is so ridiculous though when well, i'm parked legally the car's not hurt anything just just seems absurd so what happened with the with the stop i mean you say you'd had a okay. couple of drinks uh did they have you sure. did they demand that you do roadside tests and did you agree to that demand or not Unfortunately, unfortunately, I did. Mm-hmm. I did okay with the test. He could smell the alcohol in my breath. Uh, my breathalyzer was a uh, 0.10. How, how do you know you so did okay he, with the test? Well, I mean, I was really a 0.10. I'm pretty damn functional. I mean, at least I felt that. Right, but you have to kind um, of, so you have to kind of be Olympic athletic, Olympic athlete level to successfully pass a sobriety road sobriety test based on the standard so that's kind of why i'm wondering how you know you did well on it i agree with you on that because the statement i did make to the officer is first of all my one foot in front of the other little dance they have you do i even without a drink i have a hard time doing that like what you're saying yeah so this is one of the reasons why it's a bad idea to uh, consent to the roadside sobriety test now i don't know what the rules are in every every state Um, but as i understand it basically consenting to that test you're then leaving everything up to the arbitrary decision of the police officer who of course is more likely to decide that you haven't passed the test than that you have passed the test and as melanie pointed out it is it is made to be difficult to pass, as you pointed out, as a sober individual, it's difficult. So there's really no benefit absolutely. to, as I understand it, and please, you know, somebody feel free to correct me if I'm wrong about this, but as I understand it, there's absolutely no benefit to you to take that roadside sobriety test. I mean, I, that, that's yeah, going to be state by state. I wish I, I want that. I'm sorry, what's so, that? Yeah, I just ended up, uh, no, I agree with you 100% now, but it's after the fact. Sure, of course, but it's <laughs> and, not uh, after the fact uh, for the people who are listening who could possibly benefit okay. uh, from this circumstance, you know, from knowing about this. Now, again, it depends on the state. It depends on whatever the local rules are. But is it true that uh, that you can actually refuse the roadside breathalyzer but insist to be taken back to the station and do the one in the station because that one's more accurate? Or is that... Uh, 100%. Hmm? Hundred percent. That is 100% true. True. Okay. I can decline the roadside gymnastics. Yeah. Um. I can refuse the roadside breathalyzer, and either do a blood test or do the breathalyzer back at the station. Mm-hmm. So, so what they ended up doing, they ended up having a CHP show up. He had the big fancy suitcase looking official, uh, and that's the one that they uh, had me breathe into because the roadside ones, the what the handheld ones were drastically different. Mm. I would say point within three tenths off of each each reading so they were highly highly inaccurate well how how long in between tests um two or three minutes okay so very very brief the one with the chp was you know 
the same both times. Have you had a DUI before, Peter? Uh, this is my second one. Second one. All right. I imagine that's not going to go yeah. too well in uh, in court for you. Yeah, I mean, so, so yeah. breathalyzers yeah. do tend to be kind of wildly inaccurate. I mean, I don't know if you feel like you were actually at a point one. You know, maybe the test is just wrong. I don't know, but... Well, either way, if the that's only that's not true, then I, I just felt like getting towed when you're parked illegally just seemed really excessive. And then, yeah, well, they, they can do whatever they want to do. I don't think you. I mean, my my guess is, if you talked to an attorney in California about it, they would tell you that you don't have a leg to stand on in that particular case. That this is likely the typical way that they treat people who get DUIs is they don't do them any favors. They don't leave the the car sitting there so they can, uh, you know, that the victim of the police or whatever can just go and uh, go back to it the next day. Because certainly not everybody who's drinking and, and driving is a danger. Um, and you may not have been a danger, you just, you know, made a, a slight mistake that got you pulled over. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about that. I don't think you probably have a leg to stand on legally would be my guess. No, probably not. Okay, well, hey, you guys have a good evening. Hey, Peter, good luck, man. Thanks for the uh, the call tonight. I do appreciate it because there are people who I think can benefit from having heard this conversation, even though he's up S Creek without a paddle uh, at this point, you know, maybe he can hope to get a plea deal or something like that on on this, even though it's his second DUI. Yeah, so it's going to make I it mean, a lot harder. The best thing to do is if you, especially if you know you already have a DWI, because he didn't sound to me like he was claiming total innocence. It wasn't like he was claiming I wasn't drinking at all, and then no, no, he I got a that. positive reading. Right. So if that's the case, you can't do anything about it. If you don't drink and still get arrested for drinking, then you obviously have no control over that. But, you know, if you already have a DWI, maybe don't. Or even if you don't, but especially if you do, maybe don't go out and drink and then drive. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of the simplest way. Like, all day long, every day. You say this as a former heavy drinker. Yeah. Yeah. All day long, every day, people get arrested for absolutely no reason for things that are completely out of their control. Don't. Give him a reason. The toll-free number tonight is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. You can bring up whatever is on your mind, but generally it's probably a good idea to not take that roadside sobriety test. I don't know which, which states punish you for not doing it. Um, I think there's some states where you, can, you have to do it if you're young, but more coming up. Bitcoin.com is delighted to announce their latest partnership with the gift card specialists at eGifter. With many of the world's leading brands on their roster, It is now easier than ever to get the gift cards of your favorite brands with Bitcoin Cash. To get started, just follow these simple steps. Visit giftcards.bitcoin.com, pick the gift card you want, follow the instructions on your screen, and make your payment using your Bitcoin Cash wallet. Sit tight and your gift card will be delivered to you as soon as it's ready. That's giftcards.bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us here if you want. You can bring up what you want. We're talking about uh, government court stuff, specifically the draft decision that wasn't really a decision at all. That case hasn't even been heard yet. That was a decision to not toss the case out, basically, is what we uh, were talked about in the first segment. Then we had a guy call in uh, upset because the cops had taken his car uh, after he got popped for a DUI in California. It's Ian in the studio here tonight. 
And Melanie. Our toll-free number, if you want to join us, is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Discord on-air call-in lines are open and available to you over at discord.lrn.fm. And basically... Uh, and you didn't disagree with me on this, Melody. It's probably completely within the purview of the police in California and in many other states. If you park on a public street, they can have you. Yeah, towed. I mean, so who gets parking regulations in California is not really something I studied ever. That's kind of really specific, really local. Sure, but generally the government's in charge of the roads, unless it's a private road. Um, so if the government is in charge of the roads, they can take your car off the well, road yeah, for and I mean, whatever I don't know reason he, they want. I don't know if he could... Well, so if there's public parking, they can't typically just tow you because they feel like it. If well, you're case, driving drunk, they can generally tow your car. Yeah, in so, this case, it's part of the arrest. Even if that was a legal place to park, yeah. he still didn't park legally because it's not legal to park your car while, while drunk. you're drunk. Correct. Correct. Unless you're on just totally private land, and yeah. it's probably going to vary by state. And if they are conducting an investigation, that's evidence. They can argue that you know they can collect your car as part of the evidence in the case. They likely have the right to go through your car after you've been arrested. Well, if they tow it, they have a right to go through it on those right. grounds legally. Yeah, so that's what they want to do, right? Like, they want to hit you with a DUI, then they want to take your car in, and they want to search through it, and they want to find something else that's illegal in there, maybe a handgun or something else that you can't have in California, a bag of cocaine, for instance, and then they want to charge you with extra crimes on top of that. So uh, it's in their interest, not yours, it's in their interest to take your car from you, and they will, because it doesn't cost them anything. You got to pay to get it out. Well, yeah, and uh, I'm not willing to say that this is a case where you were just minding your own business and then the police came and attacked you for absolutely no reason. We can argue over ownerless prop if you know that the roads are ownerless properly. So, how recklessly can I act on them? Driving around drunk is not, or at a point one is point one isn't that buzzed. drunk though, right? I mean, that's buzzed. You shouldn't be driving at a point Didn't one. it used to be legal to be a point one? And then they lowered it In to Louisiana, like point... In Louisiana, the limit was point one. Everyone else was point oh eight. <laughs> right, but didn't they, didn't they lower it to point oh eight in the other states? And I, feel like I, I think only that. one state. Really? They started at point oh eight? Because I, I, I could have sworn I heard... Most places they... were already at point oh eight when Louisiana was basically forced to lower it from point one. <laughs> So uh, anyway, I did ch- I did pull up the Pot Brothers at Law. They've got their uh, one minute tip of the day that they've been doing. Now these are a couple of guys who are attorneys out in California. You know, I don't know what their politics are. They're probably just you know o- obey the law kind of attorneys. But they do have some good advice for for people, young people, people in general, uh, as far as interacting with police. They have shut the f up Fridays, <laughs> where they just basically shout at the camera that <laughs> people should shut the f up uh, when dealing with the police. And they do have one where they're talking about DUI checkpoints. They say that in California, which is where our caller was calling from, uh, they say that in California, and I can't play the video here because it's somewhat profane, so and I, I didn't have time to bleep it. But uh, they say that you do not have to do the roadside sobriety test unless you're under 21. So apparently under 21 drivers in California do have some kind of obligation to perform the roadside sobriety. Which is sobriety. a weird argument. Why? Because we're just trying to determine if you're drunk, and so I'm, I'm saying it's worse to drive drunk if you're under 21. If you're over 21, it's kind of okay to drive drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of what it's. Which says, there actually right? was a case in Louisiana um, when they wanted to lower 
the underage limit is not 0.08. It's, it's lower 0. than 0. that. It's 0.02, right? Or something like that? I think like it's that. 0.02, but I'm not sure. Yeah, in some places but it is. There, there, somebody sued, a defendant didn't sue, but appealed that on the grounds of age discrimination. And the court basically came back and said, well, you know, older people have more experience with drunk driving. Drinking and driving. <laughs> so it's worse when you do it because you're not as experienced at drunk driving. Wow, the court actually said that. Yes. Wow. Gee, do you think those dr- do you think those judges have had a few drinks and drive uh, oh, drove sh- at some point? Almost sure they yeah. have. <laughs> I mean, they get judges from the population. They don't as- right. descend from heaven. Like they <laughs> yeah. just pull them from right. And you've been to law else. school where they actually like apparently paid to to have you get drunk at parties regularly. Yeah, they provided all kinds of alcohol. They're pretending like they didn't, but it sure appeared there out of nowhere. <laughs> So uh, people in the legal profession have a long experience of either drinking heavily themselves or at the very least being around many of their colleagues who are drinking heavily. Well, I don't want to extrapolate Louisiana at LSU to it's all lawyers like that in the everywhere. country. But Come on. It's like are, that everywhere. There are professions that have higher rates of substance abuse and lawyer is, is one, it one of, of them. them? Yeah. Really? If you want to join us here, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. So again, you know, we're not giving you legal advice. Uh, I, I, I mean, you technically you're not an attorney, Melanie, and I'm not either. You just did go to law school, so you're, you're as close to an attorney as And I want to be an attorney be. in every 50 states anyway, even if I was. But yeah. the other thing is, so people will say things like you have the right to deny Roadside tests, I think you should kind of deny anyway. On principle. Well, no, No. on the grounds that you're going to fail it, even if you've never drank or done drugs in your life. Well, that seems like a good principle. So, well, that's a that's a practical concern, not really a principle. But the principle would be to deny the roadside tests. As far as breathalyzers and blood tests, you can be in a situation where, yeah, you have a legal right to deny these things, and maybe sometimes lawyers and youtube videos will tell you that but in some states if you deny them then they'll suspend your license for a year or something like that so make that can happen so look up where you live right what the case is what the statute is and then make a decision from there yeah um it, it is a different situation in some states but it would i think someone would argue and i think rightfully so that even if you lose your license for six months, which is, I think, what the default is here in New Hampshire, if you don't do the breathalyzer and you lose a license for six months, there's a good chance you're going to lose your license anyway if you get convicted of a DUI. Well, yeah. So if you're drunk, then, you know, that's one thing. But you can be totally sober and right. fail a, a roadside test or even fail a breathalyzer sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if you know you're sober, request the blood test if you're failing the breathalyzer. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're not going to give it to you anyway. You kind of have limited control there. But... Yeah, so I mean, these this isn't just advice to drunk people. This, I mean, this is advice. Anyone who drives a car, losing your license is like how you're going to get to work. You're kind of screwed. Yeah, it's pretty serious, especially if you live in a place that you know you have to travel to get yeah. to work. Which and then many what's do. you know what's more severe, the penalty for refusing the test, the penalty for the DWI, or the penalty for driving without a license? Because that's the real <laughs> conclusion. I'm not going to just be like, hey, um, electric company, I'm just not going to pay you for six months, right? Uh, okay, cool. And then just like not drive to work. That's not a option that exists right. on this plane of reality. Yeah. The option is drive without a license. Well, I mean, you could always like Uber or get a cab, but that's expensive. If you live in a city. Yeah. I mean, you can get a cab outside of a city, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. You, 
if you live in a city, you can get an Uber yeah. or a cab. So uh, if you want to join us, you can here. We've also got this story out of Columbia City, Oregon from LifeSite News uh, that you shared with me, Melanie. I'll just go ahead and, and share the story. And then I know you've got some comments that uh, you, you, know, you definitely feel likely strongly about this. Uh, 60% of Americans, like 60% of them, Michael Bowman opposes taxpayer funding of abortion. So you can tell that there's an editorial viewpoint on this site. It's, it is, after all, called LifeSite. Uh, unlike most Americans, he's currently squaring off against the Internal Revenue Service to avoid funding abortion. Bowman is a 53-year-old Christian and contract engineer in Columbia City, Oregon. He has refused to file a tax return or pay taxes since 1999. The Oregonian, the Oregonian reports citing the federal government's funding of the abortion industry. So he is a uh, he's protesting taxes. Although he's saying he's not a tax protester. That fails 100 times out of 100. The protest of taxes, you yes. mean? More coming up here in moments. But they claim he's had a big victory in court. Yeah, they claim that. And we'll see what that claim exactly is coming up here in moments. Your calls and thoughts welcome on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Dial toll free. Bring up whatever you want, whether you want to talk about DUI. Or the draft. These are all big issues for a lot of people. You're certainly welcome to weigh in on those or bring up anything that you want with you tonight. It's Ian. And Melanie. Again, the number 855-450-FREE, like freedom. Also, the Discord on-air call in line rooms. Head over to Discord. Get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. You just go to discord.lrn.fm. You ought to probably have the Discord app, but you don't need to. You can use their web version and then at the very least gives you the ability to text chat with other folks. But if you want to call in, I think you need the actual app. Anyway, discord.lrn.fm. It's open 24-7. During the show, you can use it to call in, but you can also, during the show, chat with other Free Talk Live listeners who are in the On Air Now room. And there's other rooms as well, like cryptocurrency and gaming, other discussions going on uh, simultaneously there on the Discord server over at discord.lrn.fm. We're talking about a 53-year-old man in Columbia City, Oregon, who has refused, apparently, to file taxes since 1999. And he cited the federal government's funding of the abortion industry, saying, quote, I'm not a tax protester. I love my country. I have a duty to my country, and I have a duty to my conscience. Yeah, Republicans have this weird, you need to respect the government, I'm stockpiling arms against thing going on. And it's just (laughs) really inconsistent so yeah yeah you're right about that um having recently gotten involved with the republican party here in new hampshire after the libertarian party lost its ballot access that just seems interesting to watch to me yeah it's been pretty (laughs) interesting so far um i've been pretty pleased with like how welcoming they've been not just towards me but also i think they're just confused towards our well i think they're they're desperate um, because they're they're dying basically the the Republican Party in West New Western Southwestern New Hampshire is basically over sixty and probably over sixty five. Um, anybody who shows up under the age of fifty, they get very excited. So there's that factor, and then there's also you're right. They have this viewpoint of we're against the nanny state. Like they they're firmly at least in in Western New Hampshire they're firmly against the nanny state. They don't even support the smoking ban uh, that the city of Keene put in place that that bans people under the age of twenty one from smoking. So they're against that. Uh, so they you know they seem to be in the right place on a on a number of different issues. But yet you're right they still have this worship for the United States federal government. 
the idea of the the nation is still something that is very near and dear to them. They stand up, they do the Pledge of Allegiance uh, together, they sometimes will sing a hymn to the state immediately thereafter. Yeah, it's like the one that's my country, that one, I don't know what it's called, but uh, I think it's called My Country Tis of Thee, but anyway, that song... Usually there's this one old guy who, as soon as the Pledge of Allegiance is over, he just strikes up with that with that song and the entire room joins him. At the last meeting, though, he wasn't there, so they didn't sing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But one of their uh, their key provisions, and there's like three main points that they have, and I like two of the three. You know, so two out of three ain't bad. Uh, I like two out of their. That's still three an points. F. That's still a sixty-seven percent. <laughs> Wait, no, sixty-seven percent was a D when I was going to school. You had okay, to get a sixty-four. Maybe it is. That's still failing really hard. You, sixty-four you know what? It probably was. Failing. You had to get C's to to pass in college. Though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so, but their one thing that they I so like they're all in favor of the individual is what they say in one of their their planks, and then in another plank they're in favor of the free market, supposedly in favor of the free market. So those two planks are good. Um, the third plank, though, or which is I think their middle plank, is something about how American exceptionalism, like they're in favor of American exceptionalism, which of course the belief that. America is the best, and that the people in America are the best, and all that nonsense. Which is a weird thing to say. You're in favor of an allegation of fact. I'm in favor of water is wet. Like, well, it either is or it isn't. Regardless of you're in favor of it, mm-hmm. America is either better or it's not. Regardless of whether you're in favor of it, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I, I don't want to um, paraphrase what they're saying, so I'll just read it. Since we're talking about it here, their statement is, We are the party of American exceptionalism, and we believe our nation is strongest when we practice peace through strength. Well, okay, that's consistent at least. <laughs> so that's the one that I disagree with. I think that uh, I think what, what I'd like to see happen to that one is it be changed to be more of uh, New Hampshire exceptionalism, because I think that would that would still pander to the people that believe they're the best, but make it more like New Hampshire specific so we can focus on secession. That's my plan. I mean, that would be an improvement. Yeah, that's my plan. So, uh, again, if you want I don't wanna... think they're going to go for that. Well, you know what? After 20 years, they may they may have to because uh, they're not bringing in young people. The Repu- Maybe the Republican parties in the other parts of New Hampshire are doing better as far as bringing young people in, but out here... I mean, we're talking about 26 people attending your typical meeting, and this is for the entire count, the county. Uh, the big meeting, like, right after the election had 40 people at it, which is, you know, that's not, that's not a small turnout. But the people at these meetings are elderly, and they are just desperately trying to bring young people in. So what I'm saying here is if you are a libertarian who wants to actually have uh, an effect taking over the old party system, New Hampshire is exceptionally ripe for this particular opportunity. They, and again, I can't speak for the other areas of New Hampshire. I can't speak for the Democratic Party, even though I was a Democrat prior to being a libertarian for a few years. I never actually went to the party meetings in those uh, those cases, because they always had them in the evenings, and I never really felt like I would be particularly welcome because they've always <laughs> been way more hostile uh, to me. Now, I remember they they stopped a couple of the uh, the libertarians who'd moved here like a decade ago. 
they actually had a doorman at their party meeting who stopped them from coming in when they first uh, wanted to come in and check out the Democrat Party. Eventually, they ended up relenting and letting them in and be, being more friendly towards them. And uh, one of them ended up changing into a real full-on socialist and left New Hampshire. So uh, it's sad when that happens. It's sad when libertarians lose their way and, and lose their principles. But it's it's happened, sadly, on on more than one occasion up here. So back to the story here on uh, this man protesting paying taxes who says he's not a protester he says he loves his country and has a duty to his country now that's an interesting claim as well i mean there's a lot that we can pick apart here melanie um a duty to the country that's a duty is basically an obligation right like you have to do a certain thing if there's a if you have a duty to perform a task you're obligated to perform that task you've you've had an agreement with somebody that says I, Melanie, will perform this task for you. It is my duty. And usually you're getting something in return for that, right? Well, I think most people who have kind of that duty-based morality, honor-based morality, are less contractual than that. What do you mean? It's just all in their head? When you're talking about an agreement and getting paid, I don't... No, no, no. Getting paid isn't what I mean. Like... You can receive something that's not payment, right? So, in the case of the government, okay. So, like military protection in in the case of the for government, standing for the flag or something. Yeah, yeah. So, with with citizenship, I don't think that they look at it that way. I don't think they look at it in that. Who the the person who has the duty? Well, doesn't look at kind of conservative GOP members. In I'm assuming he's GOP. He sounds like it. That. Kind of culture, I don't think, looks at it in that transactional way. No, they just feel like they have a duty with no obligation in return, that there's just a duty put upon them in return for nothing. I think that they feel like they have duties, and I think that they feel like the government and other people have duties, but I don't feel like they look at it as an exchange. I see. Well, they're looking at it wrong, then, because when you look at the definition of citizen— I mean, it's very, very clear, in, whether it's in a law dictionary or it's in the dictionary, the regular dictionary, the definition of citizen is frequently defined as a person who has a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. That's generally the definition of citizen. So the duty is you do what you're told, you're told, you pay the taxes, you jump through the hoops, you do whatever you know obedience measures are being put upon you. It's your duty. But in return, the government is supposed to provide you with protection. And we've seen with court case after court case that they are not obligated to protect you. They have no such obligation to you. They've made it crystal clear uh, in the Supreme Court in a myriad of court cases. Warren versus District of Columbia is the first one that comes to mind. But a quick Google of the search, uh, no obligation to protect, will find multiple cases that affirm the same claim. And that is to say that the government says clearly we don't have an obligation obligation to protect you, nor do we have any obligation to you uh, whatsoever. So therefore... The agreement of citizenship is null. It's null and void because you don't have a duty if there's no obligation on their on their side. Obviously, there was no signed agreement anyway, so the whole thing is this social contract theory nonsense. Uh, but uh, either way, even if there's no agreement, if we're just talking about this verbal social contract concept, the other side has reneged on its obligations, which therefore means you have no obligation to, to have a duty to them. That's the way I understand it. I mean, I, I don't think that that's how they... I, 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 you're kind of superimposing your own structure onto that, I think. I don't think that's how they look at it. But, I mean, I think... Well, we yeah, they're going to try to throw you in jail. They, how I they mean, look at it. They're going to do whatever they want. No, I mean the, with the, guns. the people, not the... Oh, you're talking about the victims, the individuals who yeah. believe they have a duty. Sure. They are absolutely, completely brainwashed into this nonsense. 
Uh, but to this guy's credit, he is st- stepping outside of the box, and he's saying, well, yeah, I don't really feel like I've got a duty because you're not doing what I want, government. You're, uh, you're funding abortions, and so therefore he's not paying taxes. Do you operate a retail business and are looking for a solution for point-of-sale cryptocurrency acceptance? It's never been easier thanks to AnyPay.Global. There's no paperwork or approval process to open an account. If you already have a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. Just sign up at AnyPay.Global, drop your personal crypto wallet addresses in our setup page, and then load our app. That's it. You're accepting cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Dash at your store. Get started now at AnyPay.Global. That's AnyPay.Global. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Should people be able to just decide to not pay taxes because they don't agree with what the government's doing? I say they absolutely should. And there's one guy in Oregon who is doing just that uh, over the issue of abortion in his particular case. But I don't think it just has to be abortion. It could be whatever issue uh, it is that you disagree with. I, for instance, don't agree with bombing innocent people around the world. I think that's a good one. Um, Then again, I also don't pretty much agree with the existence of the entire federal (laughs) government. Uh, With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Melody. And uh, our toll-free number. If you want to join the discussion, here's 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And there's there's a lot to kind of pick apart here in this story uh, out of Columbia City, Oregon, where a 53-year-old self-professed Christian man, Michael Bowman, has apparently not paid taxes since 1999. The government has is finally coming after him and he says quote i'm not a tax protester i love my country i have a duty to my country i have a duty to my conscience and ultimately i agree with at the very least the last part of it i don't agree that anybody has a duty to the government and of course you never really know when he says country does he mean the government or when he says country does he mean the sort of idea of america yeah they obfuscate that too they create a it's not on purpose though in- well, at it's least usually it's not most his fault. Don't obfuscate things on purpose, right? Yeah, he's just kind of victim of the obfuscation of what the government does with these terms. They yes. kind of t- so, call themselves the United States, but at the same time, they call themselves the country or America, and so they tie all well, and these that's words what they together. Are, but conservative Republicans will have this idea of a society in their head and call mm-hmm. that the country. And then pretend like, like the government ideal? is something else. They have an ideal that's the country, but they basically? kind of act like it's real, and then they they call the government they they act as if the government is a separate entity mm-hmm. from that concept. The government that's in their head, and so they can be loyal to one and not the other. I guess. So but, I see what you're saying. So meaning that uh, they have this ideal of what the country should be, and then there's the government that doesn't meet that ideal. Basically, is that what you're saying? Well, right, but you, I mean, a lot of people have ideals of things that they wish existed. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't necessarily, I mean, I guess maybe most people do, but having an ideal of something is not the same as pretending that the real thing doesn't exist or pretending that the real thing is something other than what it is. Like pretending that the government, pretending that the United States federal government is not the country is just. Well, it's not an odd interpretation well, of the English language. Yeah, I mean, 
what is the country, right? Like the country can mean different things to different people. Country could just simply be the idea of America. It could be the the land. The government isn't the land, right? The government is a is an idea. It is a collectively held belief that a thing exists that doesn't actually exist. Cars exist. Men with badges exist. Um, the government's just this sort of collective delusion that ties all these individuals loosely together with one another. Well, I mean, or it's an organization of thieves and murderers, but yeah. So, but then if that, if you think that a nation is something other than a country, when someone attacks or something other than a government, if someone attacks the government, you shouldn't care, at least not on that basis. Well, nation is a better word that I think is more aligned with with government. I don't know if, if country is as much either. But either way, we can take a closer look at some of these words. But let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. Yes, I met one of the pedestrians who was uh, struck by cars last year um, today on the bus. Um, and she was one of the 800. So she's the second one I met this year. Okay. And what was her circumstance? Well, um, I think her one of her legs from the knee down was busted. So, and then, and I think um, the other one, they, he was in a wheelchair and he got his whole leg busted. So the eight hundred was she drunk? You know what? I have to I have to get off the like the next next stop. So I never knew. I just I just knew that that's I know. You didn't have a long enough conversation with her because what we found was that a lot of the people who are getting into car accidents as pedestrians down there are drunk. So they're, you know, stumbling around, falling into the road and getting hit by cars. And basically what is a unavoidable accident for the driver uh, or very difficult to avoid. It could have been avoided by the person who was drunk, by them not being S face drunk and, you know, stumbling through the streets. But ultimately that was their decision. I never got to ask for the story, but why is it that the, like 13 years ago, there was, um, instead of killing 86 pedestrians last year, 15 years ago, we only killed 47, and that's when we had red lights. Maybe cameras. people are getting more drunk. people 15 years ago. Yeah, that's a possibility as well. Okay, that's what we still had. We, had, we still had three red light cameras in Albuquerque, three in Rio Rancho. And five speeding vans in Rio Rancho. Yeah, but you didn't even ask this lady so, if she uh, if she had gotten hit at an intersection, right? No, I, I just I I just encouraged her to go down to city council meeting and speak up about what happened. And no amount of speeding vans, no amount of red light cameras, no amount of video cameras is going to stop drunk people from stumbling out in front of oncoming cars. Okay, but well, I'm asking you, why is it when we have red light cameras, we were number seven, number seventh <sighs> in the nation? Sarah, every time we get rid of the, red I don't light know cameras, how many times I can one. I can tell you about this. You know, maybe you haven't gotten the concept yet. It's it's called correlation versus causation. They're not the same thing. So when a statistic like you're citing, statistic of people getting involved in you know accidents as pedestrians with cars, when that number goes down. And you find a different number that has also gone down, in this case, the number of red light cameras that has also gone down over that same time frame. It may be an interesting coincidence. It may be related, but there's no way that you can draw a conclusion from both of those things happening in the same time frame. That's, you know, they're correlative, 
they're cor- you know they correlate with one another they happened at the same time frame they happen to be in the same direction but there's no way that you can say they're causative meaning that you can't say that the reduction in red light cameras caused the reduction in car accidents involving pedestrians does that make any sense to you at all no you're just full of it you know what I make a lot of sense. you make no sense i'm full of it Okay, before we before we had. By the way, Sarah, did you hear the good news about uh, KABQ there in Albuquerque that we're now on live? Okay, so uh, live live every day you're on. That's right, every weekday. We're we're now unless something went wrong tonight, which hopefully nothing has gone wrong. Technically, everything's probably working smoothly, so we should be there on the radio. So welcome to. I'm going to presume we're on uh, because they were a weekend affiliate and uh, they they lost a show. During the week, uh, the Norman Goldman show went under last week, basically. So they needed something, and we were already on at nights. So they've moved us up to our live slot. So welcome to our uh, progressive one of our one of our progressive stations, KABQ there in Albuquerque. I think it's AM thirteen fifty, if I'm if I'm remembering that correctly. But I didn't uh, didn't pull up my list here to ensure of that. I will I will double check. Uh, but welcome aboard. If you're listening to the show here. It really is open phones every single night, and Sarah is the proof that that is actually the case, uh, that uh, you can call in here and you can bring up anything you want. You don't have to agree with us. Uh, in fact, we like it when you know we have disagreements, which is one of the reasons why I like your call, Sarah, because you, you're not afraid to challenge. But the, the other thing is, Sarah, you don't listen, um, and you, you, know, you're, you, have a, you have a position. You want to represent that position, and that's fine. You're certainly welcome to call into the show and do that. But you don't even listen. When I tell you the difference between correlation and causation, you tell me I'm full of it. Well, the thing about it is that you should be thankful that I, you know, that I'm on disability to call the show. You know, I'm the one that made it possible <laughs> that we're live on Albuquerque. You oh, know, now if, you're going to take, working, now you're going to, wait, wait. Are you saying you put Norman Goldman out of business? No, I'm saying that um, I'm the one that made uh, this show popular where they want to have it live here, here on Albuquerque. You think your your one listenership, you, the one person listening to, uh, one of the, the people listening to KABQ there in Albuquerque, you have that much influence that you swung with the program director there. What's the program director's name of the station? Oh, you never called her and talked to her, right? Okay. Thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. Bye-bye. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It's all thanks to Sarah. We couldn't have done it without her. More coming up here. You can bring up anything you want. Uh, This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, dial in, bring up what you want here. Our numbers are open to you. 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. And joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Melody. Don't forget, you can join us in real life at the upcoming ForkFest. ForkFest is a libertarian camping event in northern New Hampshire, the beautiful Rogers Campground, right in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And it's the five days before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. The days for ForkFest this year are scheduled to be June 13th through June 18th. And that's about the only scheduling or officialness that you're going to get because ForkFest is not organized by anybody. There's no one in charge. 
which means that everybody is in charge, meaning you are in charge of your own experience. So if you just want to go and camp and hang out with other liberty-minded people, voluntarists, liberty-loving anarchists, libertarian types, uh, then you can do that. Or you can create a thing for those people who are going to be there to do. So maybe you want to um, you know, have a poker game or you want to create some sort of musical event or throw a party. That is up to you. And uh, you can join the ForkFest forum. It's unofficial. And the ForkFest chat room, also unofficial because there's nothing official with ForkFest. On this unofficial website, ForkFest.party. It's again June 18th, excuse me, June 13th through the 18th at uh, forkfest.party go there to learn more about that we will be broadcasting from the event and we'll look forward to seeing you there so we're talking about a gentleman from the or columbia city oregon area this story coming from life site news which is clearly a pro-life uh opinion piece from calvin freeberger reporting on the man uh, michael bowman age 53 so-called self-professed Christian, saying that he has a duty to his country and a duty to his conscience. And I would argue that if you are someone who believes you have a duty to your government, which I don't think you do, because as I pointed out earlier, the government has claimed they don't have an obligation to protect you, so therefore you shouldn't have any duty to them. But even if you still believe that you have a duty to the government, I still think your duty to your own conscience should be higher than that. So if it is your conscience that you don't want to support, uh, let's say, war in another country, because in this guy's case, he's all about abortion. But, you know, for me, I am anti-war. I think that uh, peace is very important. And I certainly don't want um, money that, uh, that I have earned going to benefit a war effort. And so it is my duty to my conscience to not be involved in the continued proliferation of armed conflict around around the planet so whatever it is that you believe that your you know conscience whatever your conscience is calling you to do or is calling you to support i think that should be primary um do you agree with me on that one i mean especially since i don't think that you have any obligations to a state whatsoever right. i mean obviously okay so the state unfortunately does believe that you have obligations to uh, to them and that's why they are prosecuting this guy according to the story the irs has sent him numerous warnings over unpaid taxes from 2002 to 2014 and the 2012 oregon department of revenue began garnishing money from his bank account in response he started cashing out his paychecks and leaving only a minimum balance in his account that, the federal authorities say, constituted, quote, removing his income from the reach of taxing authorities. They indicted him for felony tax evasion in the amount of $356,857, as well as four misdemeanor counts of willful failure to file tax returns. His attorney, Matthew Schindler, says that his client was fully transparent every step of the way from disclosing all of his paychecks to cashing them at his own bank under his own name. His attorney says, quote, like a player collapsing as they lose Twister, the government has reached. That's pretty good. It's uh, a nice visual. The government has reached too far forward and stretched way too far back. His motion to dismiss read last week. U.S. District Judge Michael Mossman sided with Bowman on the felony charge, ruling the feds failed to show that he had attempted con- attempted to conceal his income or deceive the government. Prosecutors remain free to reintroduce the charge in the future and are currently weighing whether to do so. 
So, Melanie, you had said this story was dishonest, that the, the headline... Well, the headline is dishonest. The headline, I don't know if the story is dishonest or not. The headline here reads, U.S. Christian who refuses to pay taxes until abortion is defunded has his first big win in court. Yeah, you, so that kind of implies that you're saying he that's not a big win? won something in regards to this case. He won the motion to dismiss. I mean, they motioned to dismiss the felony charge, and the judge dismissed it. Right, so he... He so he. It sounds still, like it was without prejudice, but he's still, or no with prejudice. Which one's the one where they can't bring it back? Is that without prejudice? With because it's president pre, prejudiced against the motion. So if it's with prejudice, they can't bring it back. Okay, so he must have dismissed it without prejudice then, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's not a big win. Under charges for failure to file and failure to pay, but misdemeanors. I mean, that's nowhere near as bad. I mean, he lost the. They dropped the felony charge. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty yeah. big deal, right? That kind of has nothing to do with his argument, though. So, it doesn't cite what statute they charged him under. So, mm-hmm. I can't look it up and say if he committed that or didn't commit that based on these facts. Will, willful failure to file, whatever charge that is. He's still charged with that, right? He's not charged with the, the hiding income because he wasn't doing that. Felony tax evasion is what they're claiming. So that's that's right. Well, I mean, but it's common though, Melanie, as you know, for prosecutors to bring charges that may may not have any real uh, backing behind them, right, simply yeah. because so, they want to intimidate you. So if you go rob a bank and then you're charged with robbing a bank and murder one, and you didn't kill anybody, and then they drop the murder one charge, that's not a major win based on your argument or at all. Sure, but I mean, I I would agree with you. This isn't a big win, but it's not something to be you know laughed about. I mean, it's a pretty big deal to it's a it's an accomplishment to get them to drop a felony charge. I would say maybe. So I I mean, because I, a lot of time a judge won't rule in advance. Like if you motion to dismiss a charge in advance of actually going to trial, the judge will say bring it up at trial. Like a lot of times they won't even do anything in advance of the the actual trial. Well. They're supposed to if it's a proper motion and you're actually charged with that. But Sure, but they can put it off. They can just be like, yeah, bring it up at trial. We'll address well, it in court. No, if there's grounds for motion to dismiss, they're supposed to hear the motion to dismiss. Sure, I mean, but I'm they'll sure hear they it during the trial. But... What, they're, what I'm saying is they'll hear it during the trial. They won't. I've seen it time and time again, at least here in New Hampshire. Yeah, I, mean, I believe that that happens. But yeah, so if you file a motion to dismiss and it gets heard, that's not like some outstanding win and it's definitely not standing <laughs> win based on i mean to me this article makes it sound like he's progressing in his i don't have to file taxes because i said so court case no and that is not the case he has had no wins around, around that yeah you're right about that and because they didn't cite the statute i can't tell you if he actually violated it or not they make it sound like he didn't actually violate that particular statute so it's not completely outrageous that He's not being charged with it. Well, I mean, the site here that, and this, by the way, you sent to me, uh, this Life Site News, it's clearly an opinion site that has, you know, a pro life perspective. So obviously right, they want to make can, it sound like this guy is on his on track to winning his case. Yeah, you can state your opinions without misrepresenting facts, though, <laughs> is, is the thing. Sure, 855 450 freeze, our toll free number. If you want to join us here, you can bring up whatever's on your mind, whether it is. Uh, you know, ma- remaining aligned with your conscience in the face of threats from the government, 
or whatever you want to discuss. We talked about DUI earlier tonight. 855-450-FREE, like freedom. There are basically two types of advertising, direct response and branding. Radio's great for direct response with its low cost-to-listener ratio, but audio can't be beat for branding, which is a longer-term endeavor. You want to be the first thing that someone thinks of when they think about your product or service. If you have a local business that you want kept top of mind in your community, call the station. If you need national reach, Free Talk Live's got around 200 radio stations, millions of monthly listening sessions, can suit all budgets, and if we don't think we're right for you, we'll tell you. Email me, mark at freetalklive.com. Hey, it is Free Talk Live. Open phones, as always, toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. And also want to invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. You can interact there in a variety of different ways. Uh, One of them is you you can subscribe to our podcast if you would like. Uh, There's a couple different versions of it. There's the sort of the full version which has our full shows and the digest versions of the show in it or you can subscribe to just the full show podcast or just the digest version so if you're time challenged you don't have time to sit and listen to a two hour long podcast seven days a week uh, you can subscribe to the digest and then you'll only have about 20 or 30 minutes a day which is a lot easier to uh well to digest you can go to feeds.freetalklive.com to find those uh links there that's feeds dot freetalklive.com we'll go back to your calls and thoughts we can talk more about uh, folks uh, deciding they don't want to pay taxes and what their reasons are some people are in this case this man in uh, court in oregon is against abortion i'm against war um against you know killing innocent people in the middle east or wherever it is the u.s military is going next hopefully they won't be going into uh venezuela Things are definitely getting heated down there as well. It's Ian and Melanie in the studio here tonight. Let's go to the phones and to uh, your former home state, Melanie, of Louisiana, where Matthew is on the line. Go ahead, Matthew, listening via the TuneIn app. Yeah, so um, uh, I am full of it, uh, so I'll happily <laughs> confess that, uh, and then I'm going to take care of that when I get home. But Sarah had called up about the red light cameras in Orleans Parish next to Jefferson Parish. If you stop at the red light camera, I mean, at the red light, like you should, mm-hmm. uh, you have a good chance of being carjacked. It is one of the most violent oh places in the country. You know, they put statues in jail, but they let uh, violent criminals out. Uh, so people run these uh, cameras all the time in Orleans Parish simply as a defensive measure. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's late at night. And you're not really sure what that guy standing at the corner of it, or some people just drive around in condition white, and they do get condi- uh, carjacked. Condition so, white? Yeah, yeah condition white. Uh, best analogy is uh, on a warship. When you turn off the radar, you turn off the sonar, you basically take the, uh, the, the night watch crew, everybody goes to bed, no sentries, <laughs> you're so, in a dockyard. So no defenses whatsoever, no awareness, no situational awareness? You're saying people drive around like that? Yeah, and, uh, and in Orleans Parish, you will get caught at Carjack if you're driving around like that. For sure. You're texting, if you're texting on your phone and you're stopped at the red light, bad things could very likely happen oh my. to you. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. So you're saying people are given the choice between sit and wait for a carjacking, perhaps, or blow through a red light safely, because it's you know you can do it. You can take a right on a red safely at most most intersections. Uh, Blow through the red light and then get a potential ticket for the red light camera, but ultimately avoid having your car stolen. Right, or possibly something worse happening to you. Mm Because some carjackers. They engage in some recreational target practice because they don't get to the range very much, you know. Yeah. So that's you know, red light cameras can cost lives too. Mm. Yeah, it's a great point, um, and I appreciate you sharing that, Matthew. Anything else on your mind tonight? No, that's that was about it. Thanks for the call tonight. The toll free number is eight fifty five four fifty free. Uh, was that what it was like in your area of Louisiana, where you came from, Melanie? Well, so I was not old enough to remember being around Louisiana, I mean, around um, New Orleans. We weren't, we weren't in the city limits mm-hmm. um, in any real way. Uh, residentially, I worked in New Orleans for a while, and I kind of didn't have to deal with that because I just went home at night. Mm. Um, you, you don't want to stick around. At nighttime is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, David is in New Mexico listening via the TuneIn app. Hello, David. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, you guys were just talking about um, motions practice, court pleadings in conjunction with the uh, due process and, and rules of civil and or criminal procedure. Yeah. And um, and Melanie, um, you, you are experienced in law, through law school and this does not need legal advice. But what would you say? If uh, if a lawyer um, uh, ha- work, was working for a client and there was no act, there, was a, there was a neutral point, a standstill in, in the case, but the ball was in your lawyer's court because nothing was going to happen unless your lawyer lawyer filed a motion, and then he agreed to file file a motion, but it took him eight months to file a single motion. What would you think of that? That is nowhere near enough information for me to think anything of it. Okay, well then I'll just I'll just tell tell the, the audience. So in the in the case that I'm involved in, the, the the situation was exactly that. I have a court appointed attorney, and nothing was going to happen in this case. And this is in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the in the Second Judicial District Court in front of Judge John J. Romero Jr. And nothing was going to happen in this case unless the the the, the lawyer for me fi- filed a simple motion, and he agreed to file a motion. Said he was going to file a motion. And then never, ever filed the motion, even after being badgered uh, three or four times uh, severely in that eight months to file that motion and being ordered to do so by Judge John J. Romero Jr. to file that motion and to write an order that the judge could sign. And the the lawyer in eight months didn't file a motion. And also after the judge ordered him to do it, didn't do it for another four or five months. And so uh, and that and I filed a bar complaint. I filed I file a complaint against that attorney for the, for that negligence and or malice with the Bar Association here in, in New Mexico and Albuquerque. And they, they went through their whole thing and they found that the lawyer had done nothing wrong, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with a, with a lawyer um, uh, having the ball in his court and, and, and being requested to file a, a simple motion and then being, uh, being backed up by the judge himself asking that lawyer Jay Mueller to file that motion. In fact, ordering him to file that motion, and then he, him still not doing it for another four months. And then the cl- the aggrieved client, being myself, files a bar complaint, and the bar association in New Mexico 
thinks that's perfectly fine, that the lawyer did absolutely nothing wrong. Really? Um, so the Bar yeah, Association yeah. actually wrote you back on your complaint saying, we're not going to do anything about this? This is totally fine? Oh, oh, oh. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, they did. I have it in writing. I mean, that almost sounds to me like a dereliction of duty. If this person is your, um, even though they're court appointed, they're still supposed to represent you. And if you've asked an attorney to represent you in some way by filing a motion, I mean, I would think that there should be some sort of time limit on that. Not certainly not several months. Well, you you heard Lauren's reaction. Your 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 other guest or host there, Lauren. No, this isn't Lauren. No, Melanie. Pardon? Her name's Melanie. I know it's Melanie tonight. Another another night we discussed that, and Lauren reacted Laurel, basically. Laurel. In, yeah. Laurel, I'm sorry. Reacted basically in shock that it, that an attorney took eight months to to file a simple plea. Yeah, I find that shocking. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. I, I don't I don't doubt that your attorney sucks, and I don't. Well, yeah, they work for the government, that, right? Uh, that. You don't have enough information. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know, based on what he said. Well, I mean, if it's court appointed, then they're working for the government. No, they could they're, be a private appoint, attorney. but So that doesn't necessarily mean they're a public hey. defender. They can appoint private attorneys just to random cases. But don't private, those private attorneys private, have to make themselves available for that appointment? They no. can't just randomly... Can they just randomly appoint any private attorney as a court-appointed yeah. attorney? A, a, wow. A judge can't... Yeah, a judge can do that. But in this case, these attorneys say... Please give me work. I, mm-hmm. I throw my hat in the ring. I want this work. Okay, here's another client for you. So the, the lawyers are asking. They're so, the lawyer is soliciting the state to get this, yeah. to get this work. And wasn't and, he and billing the whole eight months? For the, wasn't he getting paid he, that whole eight months for doing nothing? I, well, I, would have, I, I have not since, I, since I'm, they are refusing to give me that information. They're mm-hmm. forcing me to file an IPRA request, you know, a FOIA request, IPRA in the state to get that information and i haven't yet confirmed it but but uh so i don't know whether he actually took any dollars for that for that uh, yeah that would be an, uh, that I, would I, be an interesting uh, detail to learn in that that matter thank you for the call tonight david i appreciate it uh if you want to join us here whether whatever's on your mind goes it is up to you the number is 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 we also have the discord on air call in line rooms hop into one of those we'll get you on the air you'll sound almost like you're sitting in the studio with us Ian and melanie here tonight Discord lines are over at discord.lrn.fm. And this is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. And you may dial in here toll-free to take control of the airwaves. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Melanie. Talking about taxes and uh, the uh, the not paying of those taxes. And I, you know, I don't, I think if you've got a, a, a good reason, you know, you should not pay. I think that if you don't support the government, you shouldn't pay them. Well, Screw those people. I don't. You don't need a reason. <laughs> I mean, a, it's your money. B, if you can get away with it. I mean, the reason is, I think I can get away with it. Mm. Not. Well, I mean, the reason specific. is. I mean, I'm sure you could come up with, you know, a, a list of immoral programs if you. Felt of like course, it. I mean, the entire government is immoral. Um, you know, generally. I'm not saying it'll be a success in court because the government runs the court system. They're probably going to end up throwing you in a prison cell. Well, yeah, and so don't, it, I mean, but... don't lark and rose it. Like, if you're going to not pay taxes, if you can get away with that, some people can, some people can't. 
how you do that is you just don't pay taxes. Mm-hmm. You don't write them letters and talk about, well, this is why I am not paying taxes because I hate you and everything you do. Signed yeah. me. Here's my return address. <laughs> don't do that. Right. Because if you don't pay taxes, and to, it, as long as you're a regular person and there's not a whole bunch of zeros behind your name, they're going to send you letters before they just show up to arrest you. You mean if you're not like Wesley Snipes or something like that? Or one of these protesters. He's an tax- actor, right? Yeah. You didn't know he went to prison for not paying taxes. That doesn't mean he's a tax protester. That could just mean he blew the money because he got it all at once. And then... No, he was actually a... He was like into the opting out kind of don't want to be part of the government schemes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- there's no reason to go to jail just to go to jail. Like, don't... Don't draw don't attention to it is what the you're IRS saying. Now. I mean, and you might be somebody who you work a W-2 job and they take it out on the front end. Mm-hmm. And if you do something like claim 10 exemptions, I don't even know if you can do that anymore. But you're saying after this falsely year, claim, but, you're saying falsely yeah, claim exemptions. So or claim exempt falsely, mm-hmm. which is a weird concept. Now you're talking about perjury. Right, if you're uh, swearing to something that's not true, because uh, you sign those documents under the the potential charge of perjury, do you not? Yeah, but the the more realistic issue is the second year you do that, they're just going to automatically deduct twenty eight percent instead of maybe your lower tax rate. Gotcha. So, yeah, if you have that kind of paper trail, or even you know, say you own your own business and you are a brick and mortar store, well, a they know you exist. B maybe you take credit cards. And the credit card in PayPal is sending you 1099s for $100,000. There's not a whole lot you can do about that necessarily. But if you're going to go that route, there there's not a whole... Like, you don't file paperwork to not to commit tax evasion. You just commit tax evasion. Just, just go just don't about talk your business. To them. Don't talk to them. Ignore. Don't file the paperwork at all. Don't even try. Because there's different uh, schemes, right? Like, there's different tax gurus out there, many of whom have gone to prison, uh, who will give you advice on how to fill out these forms in a way that'll so- somehow get you out of it. And I think a lot of that stuff just puts you in greater danger. Yeah, and most of the people I've dealt with who have got caught, if they were just a regular person, not too many zeros, and they got caught, the IRS is like, hello, we're the IRS. Did you know that taxes were a thing? Please file the last three years of tax returns. Thank you. Have a nice day. The people who did things like write admiral court phrases on a 1040 and mail it to the irs Mm -hmm. um they got substantial fines really in the you know tens of thousands of dollars and by the way you're saying this as a professional accountant who has handled uh professionally taxes for a lot of people yeah businesses so they they you're going to be hit if you if you don't do anything stupid and other than just not file you're going to be hit with the past three years Mm mm-hmm is that the maximum they can hit you for on no. failure to file? I thought they so, could go about like six or something. They like have that. a kind of implicit policy to only ask you for the last three years. Oh, really? But the they could criminal do more? statute of limitations for failure to file is six it's years. Six. Okay. There is no maximum on how far back they can go. So if wait, what? How does that work? There just isn't one. Meaning so, they so can. The, st- I, so if you didn't file a tax return. This guy, for instance, ago, in 1999 was the last... Yeah, so if you didn't file a tax return 50 years ago, mm-hmm. they can't charge you criminally anymore. Right. But they can demand that you file it, and if you don't, they can seize your property. Whoa, okay. So... Wow, that's crazy. 
they don't usually do that. A, it's not worth it for mo- for just a regular person. I mean, how many records are going to even exist after 50 years? And that's that's part of why I think yeah. they only go back three. Okay. They Now, if you annoy the IRS, mm-hmm. if you annoy some other branch of the government, like the DOJ or the FBI, yep. who then orders the IRS to go after you, or if you have... You're making millions of dollars. They're most then they they're going to go back however far they feel like going I back. See. So they can do whatever they want to you, basically. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Eight fifty five, four fifty free. Speaking of people with a lot of money, according to tcpalm.com, there's more out of the uh, the prostitution scandal that has hit recently in the last couple of weeks with the owner of the Patriots getting caught up, another billionaire who apparently went to a jack shack down in Florida uh, and got caught from some kind of a police sting that was going on against that business. Billionaire equity firm owner John Childs is one of several men who's been accused of soliciting prostitution in connection with a Florida spa tied to an international human trafficking ring. Police said on Thursday, Childs, who lives seasonally in Indian River Shores, is wanted on a solicitation of prostitution charge. According to a warrant for his arrest, he has not yet been arrested. He owns J.W. Childs Associates, a private equity firm based in Massachusetts. So he's probably a snowbird. He's a prominent donor to several Republican politicians and groups, including former U.S. House Speaker uh, Paul Ryan, Club for Growth, and Mitt Romney. He donated about $4.3 million to Republican candidates and PACs last cycle, according to a review of federal campaign finance records. His largest donation went to America First Action, so they go into all this guy's uh, donations here. Apparently, he's a big Republican supporter. We don't really care about all that. Childs hasn't responded to an interview request from T.C. Palm as of Friday evening. He told Bloomberg that police have not reached out to him about the charge. Quote, the accusation of solicitation of prostitution is totally false, he told the outlet. Uh, He was just looking for a happy ending. I have retained a lawyer, he says. Wait, he said that? No. I added the happy ending part. (laughs) Childs also lives part-time outside of Boston, and uh, his net worth is $1.2 billion. He told T.C. Palm in 2008 he'd moved to Vero Beach to escape the cold. Quote, I had friends there and I came down. I liked what I saw. There were ducks, waterfowl, porpoises in the river, and even a resident bald eagle in a tree. And so I settled He said in Vero Beach, six-month investigation revealed human traffickers were luring vulnerable women to massage parlors where they were coerced into working as prostitutes. Indian River County agencies have issued warrants for 173 people on charges ranging from human trafficking to racketeering to soliciting prostitution. Now, if there was actually human trafficking going on at this, uh, this lingerie parlor or whatever exactly it was being, you know, erotic massage i'm not sure how they were you know marketing themselves but if they actually had sex slaves there then obviously we oppose that i I think i can speak for you on this one yeah i mean i don't think that's strong enough language if you were actually engaged in human trafficking then you should die in a fire because as far as i know that's the slowest most painful way to die but they throw that phrase around when it they just mean prostitution yeah And that's not cool because if we're talking about just women who are, you know, who feel desperate and they decide they want to become prostitutes so they can make some money quickly, 
uh, and they chose to do that, then that's not trafficking. If, in point of fact, they were trafficked, meaning if they were threatened with violence or their family members were threatened with violence, you know, if somebody sticks Or they a, were just kidnapped. Or, or, right, kidnapped, held against their will. In, in a lot of cases, you know, you can run, girly, but we know where your you know family lives and we're going to kill your little sister is frequently, you know, what they will do to control these these women. If they're being threatened in some way or their family members are being threatened and they have to work under the threat of yeah, violence. That's, that's human trafficking. That's sex slavery. Right. And then it kind of conflates the two when they just use that to mean all prostitution because then you don't know if you're dealing with human trafficking or if you're dealing with prostitution. Right, and, and it's insulting to the women who choose the, the profession of prostitution. The suggestion is that everyone involved in prostitution is being trafficked, and that's just not the case. It's not even the case the at 95. I think the suggestion is that we're running out of BS crimes you can charge people for, so now we're going to go around and make stuff sound worse than what it is. Prostitution needs to be legalized. These billionaires who apparently are just desperate to get their rocks off um, should not be, and you know, poor people also should not be considered criminals for going and hiring a prostitute. Uh, you can call in, share your thoughts, how you feel on legalization of prostitution. Phones are open for you at 855-450-FREE like freedom. It's Free Talk Live. We have some good news. The indictments against Ross Albrecht in the District of Maryland were dismissed with prejudice, meaning they can never be refiled. This is especially good because those indictments contain the only charge ever made that Ross engaged in murder for hire. This was a serious allegation that Ross Albrecht denies. It was never prosecuted or ruled on by a jury, but was trumpeted by the federal government and the media as if it were proven fact. The Maryland court held these indictments for almost five years, poisoning Ross's case and leaving him under a cloud of unproven allegations. As explained in Ross's appeal to the Supreme Court, the fact that the judge used these allegations to give Ross a draconian sentence of double life without parole violated his Sixth Amendment right to a jury trial. Judges are required to issue sentences based on convictions decided by a jury, not unproven allegations, never even charged at trial. Although this is a positive development, the dropped indictment will not set Ross free. Now, a presidential pardon is Ross's only hope of freedom. Sign the petition at freeross.org. Freeross.org. It is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. Talking about legalization of prostitution, the issue of prostitution has been bought or brought back into the national press by a couple of billionaires who have warrants for their arrest. The owner of the Patriots is one of them, and the news coming out about this other guy, a major Republican donor named John Childs, who is a billionaire equity firm owner. He also has donated millions of dollars in just the last campaign cycle. Uh, to Republican candidates, so it's it's pretty funny to hear these uh, hear about these conservative guys getting popped at a uh, Jack Shack down in Florida because and I don't know maybe John Childs is in favor of ending prostitution. I don't know what his his viewpoints are, but it certainly doesn't seem to be uncommon for many of the very same people who protest the loudest about things like prostitution and how they should be illegal. They're the ones who end up on the list of Johns. When, you know, madams get busted and things like that. And then you find out that the very same people who were calling for prostitution to continue to be criminal are actually the very people who are using those services. So those hypocrisies are so common. 
um, I, you know, I would just jump to the conclusion. Probably, it might be unfairly that these, uh, you know, this conservative donor donating to conservative action groups would likely purport to be against the legalization of prostitution. When in fact, these people ought to support the ending of uh, the criminalization of prostitution. If you care about, if you care about slaves, uh, sex slavery, if you care about ending sex slavery, then you really ought to be in favor of legalizing prostitution. Because there are few things you can do to make sex slavery less common than legalize prostitution. One of the reasons why it is as common as it is, and it's not that common, just to be clear. Most prostitutes are not sex slaves. The supermajority of them, 95 probably percent of them, uh, are not sex slaves, at least based on some of the testimony I've seen here in New Hampshire when there have been some proposals to just decriminalize prostitution somewhat, not even legalize it, but to decriminalize it. Uh, some actual prostitutes, not from New Hampshire, but from like Rhode Island or wherever, come up and speak out and they clarify for these legislators who just don't know the difference. They don't understand. They think that all these prostitutes are, are sex slaves. So maybe they should quit charging them with crimes. Quit charging the prostitutes? they're sex slaves, yeah. Right. Yeah, because if you're a slave, then you didn't have a choice in the matter. But all these women and men will tell you that they had a choice in the matter, that they chose to become prostitutes because there's good money in it. Now, there's also significant danger involved, especially if you're a street uh, streetwalker. You know, the significant danger of encountering a psycho John. Um, there's also a reverse danger from uh, for the Johns encountering a, a woman who's this, just there to you know have them beaten and robbed. Uh, that's happened too. So there's there's danger on both sides of it, and the danger doesn't have to do with the fact that it's sex. I mean, obviously, sex has its own risks involved with, like, you know, STDs and pregnancy and things like that. Uh, but the danger of violence, the danger of, of theft, uh, of robbery happening to both the Johns and the prostitutes, that danger exists because it's illegal. Because when you take a thing and you make it illegal— Whatever that thing is, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's prostitution, maybe it's gambling, maybe it's you know guns, whatever. You take that thing and make it illegal. You drive it into the underground. You drive it to the black market. Yeah, then you have to worry about narcs and undercovers and cops and it. It prostitution will probably still be dangerous, but it's much more dangerous, like everything else, because it's criminal. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean. Yeah, it's still going to have the risks of sexually transmitted diseases, right, if it were legal. And you can look to the places where it is legal to see how much less dangerous You're the actual You're probably going to have a disproportionate amount of shady people, both as clients and as uh, workers. Sure, but if you are not slinking through the shadows, if your business is open to the public if it's known where its location is you can advertise the fact that you exist you can advertise your security features so for instance you can have a bouncer on premises so if some guy starts you know a john or a customer in a legal market starts to cause an issue with a girl all she's got to do is yell for you know the the bouncer who's in the hallway and then that that problem gets solved so you don't have the same situation in a legal marketplace with prostitution that you do in the illegal market. Yeah, but you're describing a higher-end place. It's like saying, I'm safe in every hotel because the Marriott has XYZ. Like, well, there's still probably some unsafe hotels, even though hotels yeah, are Yeah, no, legal. I agree with you. There, could, there are going to be girls who, you know, who there, work there, alone. There are shadier and safer bars, even For though sure. alcohol is illegal. 
so there's still like I don't want to paint the picture that then everything's gonna be you know butterflies and roses because it's not oh, I agree with you but it's the criminalization that makes it that much worse no absolutely um and and the girls in the legal market can have and employ whatever kind of protection measures they are willing to employ um certainly if you can afford to have a bouncer then you know why not have a bouncer if you're going to be an individual who's going to do i don't know is it in call where the girl goes to the client or is that out call i don't i don't remember uh but there's you know there's the kind of uh, prostitutes who go to the client's house, and then there's the kind of client who goes to a location like a, a you know a whorehouse or something like that where the prostitute exists. So there's two different ways to do that, and um, you know most of the girls who are going to go out and go to a client's place are probably not going to bring a bouncer with them. They may be a lower quality or lower price or something like that. Um, not that I know, I don't have any actual experience in this particular area, but I am interested in you know, you know things that are prohibited. Things that are prohibited in prohibition is a very interesting topic. So it's interesting to see how, when prohibition is in place, it does take these situations and makes them extremely dangerous. Because your typical street level prostitute today um, has no protection whatsoever. They have they might have a pimp, but he's not going to be there. You know when he's she not, shows up in the hotel there to protect room. Them. He's yeah. there to protect the revenue. Well, I mean, it, which is somewhat true, I guess, of all security guards, but not. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe I have a misunderstanding of that, but it just seems not to that level. Yeah, well, she's going to show up alone at a hotel room. She has no protection, and so she's completely vulnerable to the John in that particular case. If he turns into a you know psycho or happens to be a nut job who's violent, uh, there's there's not much she can do besides you know hopefully escape from that that situation. Um, but in the free market, in a marketplace where prostitution is legal, then you can employ whatever kind of protection you can afford to employ. And you don't have to meet people in sketchy locations unless unless that's something you want to do. You can be way less sketchy about running that particular business in that case. So uh, here on Free Talk Live, I think we generally want to see the end to the prohibition on prostitution because we know that it'll make things safer for both the Johns and the the, uh, the prostitutes. I mean, yeah, because, you know, as as the client as well, like, what are you going to do? Call the cops and be like, my prostitute robs me? You can't. <laughs> I right. mean, come on. Right. So both sides know they can, if, you know, if they want to take advantage of one side or the other, they know the other side is not likely to go to the police unless they themselves want to be arrested for something, which is what the police will do. If you come to the cops and tell them you are committing a crime and then another crime was committed to, against you while you were committing that crime, they're not going to feel sorry for you. Yeah, or they're if just they, you know, you. they know they caught something, are they going to quit working and immediately find another industry? Probably not. <laughs> like- no. So, uh, and of course, you know, STD testing becomes more common in a legal marketplace. You're more likely to have uh, prostitutes offering to show their papers, you know, show that they have been tested regularly or, or recently. So the more upper, you know, higher end, middle to upper end or whatever, you know, institutions will likely have that kind of testing being done regularly. Some, I think uh, Nevada may have a regulation in regards to that. So either, and even if there isn't a regulation in place, it's likely the marketplace We'll, uh, we'll show you know a certificate of cleanliness or something like that uh, for the prostitute in question. But instead, what you end up with are people slinking around through back rooms and going to these massage parlors, which aren't in fact massage parlors. They're you know erotic massage with a, what they call happy ending, and you've got billionaires going in there. Uh, we didn't get to this story last night, but I had it last night, and Richie Rich was here, and, and he pointed out you know this this is ridiculous that these billionaires what are they doing? They can afford the higher end prostitutes. So why are they going to, you know, some jack shack on the side of the road 
in uh, in Florida when they could probably have an in-call girl or whatever, somebody who shows up at their, their mansion. Or maybe their wife is at the mansion, and that's why they have to go to the, the well, jack shop. hotels exist. Yeah, true. I mean... The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up what you want. We're talking about uh, prostitution, but you can bring up anything that's on your mind here on Free Talk Live. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free if you want to join us here, talking about the legalization of prostitution, which is something that really is long overdue. Um, if anybody actually cares about you know their fellow human beings, you don't end prostitution by cracking down and criminalizing it. That has not worked. It's not working now. It it's actually counterintuitive. Or Why counter, do you say counterproductive, that? sorry, counterproductive, not counterintuitive. Why do you say that? So if you're if I'm trying to make an argument to somebody as to why they ought not do a thing, whether it's a moral argument or a practical argument or anything else, especially if it's a moral argument, and they can come back at me with, Well, yeah, the cops worse for beating me up and locking me in a cage. Well, you know, yeah, they are. So mm-hmm. until that stops happening, it's really difficult to have that conversation at all whatsoever because now they're the victim instead of being somebody that you can argue with if you want to do that. Well, are you saying that someone shouldn't do um, prostitution? I mean, it's a it's just a bad plan. But Why? Well, it's incredibly harmful. You can get diseases that will kill you. You can, True. you know, have all these babies that you're... So, in that, hold on then. In that case, you're against people having sex generally more often than a few times with a few people, right? Because if... Whether you're getting paid to have the sex or not is another question. You're just saying that having sex is a risky yeah, proposition. Yeah, whether you're getting paid or not is typically harmful. Yeah, okay. I would agree with you that having multiple sex partners... The police state is more harmful. Right, but I, I would agree with you that the more sex partners you have, the at the higher risk that you are of something, you know, you contracting something that you didn't want, even if you take... Uh, the precautionary measures that could reduce those likely, you know, likeliness, uh, the, the factors of that happening, then, you know, again, if you just have sex thousands and thousands of times with you know, hundreds of different people, <laughs> the odds are that one of those you know, measures is yeah, going I to mean, fail. I mean, you know, having regular sex, I, 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 I don't know what I can say on the radio. I think that's the only thing I can say on the radio. Yeah, with usually generally better to be vague. If you, yeah, if with you can. someone who you don't want to have a kid with is typically a bad plan. <laughs> I mean, cause, just because that's what can happen. But there's um, nothing, you're not saying there's something inherently wrong with charging for it. You're just saying there's there's risk involved. Well, charging for it would tend to imply that you care nothing about this person and would like them to go away as soon as you're done. Yes. That's... I mean, there's people who've even said, I don't pay for it. I pay them to go away. That's right. So that would imply other things to me. But yeah, I mean, promiscuity in general is just a bad plan. The toll-free number here tonight is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. Let's go to Gene, the Christian anarchist, although he's now reporting that we've got technical difficulties. I don't know. Can you hear us, Gene? Oh, maybe he can't hear us. All right, so I don't know what's going on with that. We'll uh, we'll see if we can get back to him uh, here in moments on our Discord on-air call-in line rooms. Let's try a Bad Slave. We'll see if he's there. Bad Slave, are you there? 
I am. All right, we got you. Go ahead. Uh, great. So we're still talking about the um, uh, prostitution, and, and I, I'm sorry. I, I just can't get excited about, uh, you know, people that are contracting. I, I think, um, you know, in a republic, I know uh, you guys like to denigrate the idea of a republic, but a republic. No, no, I denigrate is, the idea uh, of a coercive government. Right, exactly. Well, uh, a republic is less coercive than a pure majoritarian democracy. I'm not sure if I agree. Uh, well, I, you know, a republican is uh, uh, expected to protect rights. One of the rights that we all have is a right to contract. Mm. Yes, and, you should. You know it, a, a prostitute, a prostitute, and a, a you know a client should be able to uh, do business and be unharassed. Same thing's true of a and, drug dealer and their clients as well, right? Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even the uh, use of uh, the public way is is uh, technically a right uh, for people you know, in their private capacity. Well, now that's not uh, the know, same thing. I mean, you're not talking about the same concept there. If you're talking about the right to contract and then you cite prostitution and drug dealing, those, those are, that's one thing. Uh, but there's, when you're dealing with a public way, now you're talking about the concept of a government and there's no well, real contract there, is there? I mean, signing up for their driver's license is usually done on a coercive basis. No, that, but, but that's still a, uh, you know, an understood right. Uh, the public way is exists, uh, you know, supposedly independent of uh, government for the most part. It's uh, it's well, the word the public means government. Public. Well, no, it doesn't. Something yeah, it can does. be public without being. I mean, Walmart is public. Walmart's open to the public, but when the government uses the term public, when the people, the politicians use the term public, it's a substitute word for the word government. But Look at it every is time. Public doesn't. It's, the Canes Park in Baton Rouge is public. It's not owned by the government. They would love it to be that, uh, Ian. But the fact is, is uh, that no, no, public means it belongs to the public, and and not government. Government, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, if it belongs to you, then go set up a tent on a public park and see how long you last. Well, I, you know, the, 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 uh, the machinations of governments have never been bounded by reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have they? Yeah. Well, public is one of those words, like uh, we were talking about earlier. There are certain words like country and nation and uh, the United States, these terms kind of get used and bandied about in different ways that are designed to obfuscate their actual meaning and confuse people that they actually mean the same thing. And the word public is the same way. Public evokes thoughts of, oh, it's owned by all of us. It's The public is everyone. When the reality is, every time you look at what a government politician is saying, when they say the word public... They are almost always referring to the government. Uh, just try it. The next time you see them using the word public, they are not talking about you and I. They're talking about and, them. Uh, I, Ian, Ian, are, are, are we not talking about, you know, the, the, uh, the common liar of the politician? I mean, you know, we're going to honor their words. 
I'm sorry. I, I, I think that that's foolish. I, uh, I'm not honoring their words. I'm just telling you what they mean. Yeah, the fact that that's what government officials mean when they say something does not mean that that's... The, I mean, they talk about all kinds of things that are silly and fictitious. Right. The, the legal uh, system is full of words that mean something different. It's not honoring the legal system to understand what those words mean, to have a, a concept of what the legal definitions of those words are and how they're used inside the legal system. That has nothing to do with me giving them respect. I don't respect uh, people who use organized uh, you know, institutional coercion, but I'm just explaining to you how it is that term is used. So, Bad Sleep, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the uh, the discussion here. The toll-free number, if you want to join us, is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. And, uh, you know, there was another example of this that happened recently. I forget uh, if it was Ocasio-Cortez or something like that. One of these politicians used the term public, and they're talking about the government. Uh, oh, I remember what it was. It was uh, Amazon. They were the, the, com- the comment was how the public made all these concessions to Amazon to get them into uh, New York, to have their headquarters located in New York. And then Amazon decided they didn't want to do that. And they were They were bitching because the public made these concessions. No, the government did. They mean the government. There's more coming up. Some of you asked, and now we've delivered. LRN.FM's live Keene, New Hampshire studio shows are now streamed in HD on Twitch. Visit our channel at twitch.lrn.fm and give it a follow. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free subscription on Twitch. If you use it on our channel, Twitch will give LRN.FM a monthly piece of your Prime subscription cost. So please watch, follow, share, and subscribe to twitch.lrn.fm. That's twitch.lrn.fm. Free Talk Live. Open phones, as always. You don't have to call in about prostitution, but you're welcome to. That's the topic on the table at the moment, though. On the way, we can discuss, apparently, the Cubans, if we get the chance, although I don't know if we will. 855-450-FREE. They just apparently ratified a new constitution there, and uh, we can tell you a little bit about that. It's Ian and Melanie in the studio here tonight. Our number is 855-450-FREE. And I want to say thanks to Curry Taylor, who's a Free Talk Live silver amplifier. Curry gives $5 a month to the AMP program over at amp.freetalklive.com. And it is a way for you to directly connect with us, connect your support to us, and help us get on more radio stations around the country. So we mentioned that we're now on W, or excuse me, KABQ in Albuquerque live uh, every day during the week. And it's thanks to listeners like you becoming Free Talk Live amplifiers to help us advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. That's what AMP stands for. It's amp.freetalklive.com. You can do credit card, PayPal, Bitcoin BTC to sign up there and get the cool perks and benefits that you get as an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com and it helps us out a lot. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue, Gene the Christian Anarchist is with us and uh, his connection should be working now. Go ahead, Gene. Crikey, mate. I'm in Australia. Do they say crikey? I thought that was more of a UK uh, thing. Crikey. No, that's an Australian thing. an Australian thing. thing. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, good day. Anyway, good day yeah. down under. What time is it down there? Good day, mate. It's about, uh, let's see, one thirty-four in the afternoon. All right. What part of Australia are you visiting? We're in Sydney right now. In a few hours, we're going to go to the opera. I've never been to an opera in my life. Is that in that um, iconic Sydney. building that they uh, always show you when they show you a picture of Sydney? Sydney? Yeah, yeah. I figured, well, we've been to the opera house tour. Now we're going to go to an opera. Okay. 
So I'll, I'll probably sleep through the whole thing, and I'll be the only one there with an old Miss hat on. But, you know, what the heck. How, uh, how is the, you know, the security, the customs uh, getting into Australia? I've heard they're pretty particularly strict. Well, that's what I was going to talk about is Gunnerman goon squads around the world. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, uh, we've spent one day in New Zealand, and then uh, we've been here almost three days in Sydney, and then we're going back to New Zealand. And so far, between both of those countries, which are kind of one and the same to me, they, they seem to be, uh, I haven't seen a single police car. And really? I'm driving. I've, I've, I've rented a car in both places and uh, driving on the wrong side of the road, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but I've, I've yet to see I've yet to see a single police car anywhere. Huh. And when going through customs there and not just this country, I've gone through about 25 countries now. Uh, I've, I never went to any country until about 10 years ago, now about 20 years ago when I first started going to China. And now I've been to about maybe 25 countries and I never have any problem with goon squads anywhere in the world except for the USA. Mm-hmm. If you want to know what the worst experience you can have going through customs anywhere just go through the u.s customs right come back into the usa yeah yes correct and uh, i just had my worst one uh last week i was detained for three hours uh by customs and border protect so-called protection in jfk airport and searched and searched again and i called you last week about the same thing because i'd been detained in either la or san francisco i forget which one or maybe it was seattle but I never have any issues with any of the other countries. Hmm. It's only our guys. You know, these guys will smile and treat you nice, you know, treat you with respect. And But, the you know, the U.S. goon squad wants to sound all rough and tough. And, you know, they got that gun on their hip that makes them feel like a big, rough, tough guy. Where sure. I don't see none of these other guys have guns. I've never really? seen one with a gun. I, yeah. Not in not in. Uh, border protection, you know, they don't. They're just huh. there to check paperwork. They're paper pushers. That's all they are. Yeah, all of them had and, guns when I was uh, there at JFK. Every single one of them. Oh, in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking. I'm talking about other countries. Right. So even uh, in the western, even in the western uh, biggies like Australia, you're not noticing uh, the the same attitude. No. no, it's and like I say, I haven't even seen a police car yet. Wow. I, I'm still looking. Um, and it's been I a couple days now. You've been the, down there a couple days, and you haven't even seen a single cop car. Right. And I did take an Uber in New Zealand to the car rental place, and I talked to that guy about, you know, how often do you get pulled over, what's it like, and all this. And he says, well, they will pull you over, but there's not very many of them out there. Um, mainly it's done through cameras, just like China. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just – everywhere I've been, they've been more human than I think the American ones. The American ones are like machines, basically. Uh, like automatons. They've got one. Mindless. Yeah, automatons. Mindless exactly. robots going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And there was one point last night where I drove into some place I shouldn't be, and it was a, a park area, and a park ranger pulled me over, and he said, you can't be here. And, uh, you know, he was kind of upset because I, went, I drove somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be, but he still... After I explained, well, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't know, I didn't see any signs, and uh, he just led me out of the park and said, "Don't do it again." Hmm. <laughs> well, but I good. didn't know. It looked like I could drive in there, so I drove in there. Anything else you want to share tonight about your experience thus far traveling? Um, no, it's just uh, if if anybody's thinking of traveling overseas, 
and they're kind of concerned about it. I've been to China. I've been to a lot of different countries. I'd just say go for it. You know, just enjoy the experience of finding out how other people live. And everywhere I've been, it's pretty much the same in that everybody just wants to get get by. You know, everybody's just working to get by. Doesn't matter if they're Muslim or Jewish or Christian or whatever. Sure, everybody's got, you know, their family, their responsibilities, the thing that they do, the things that they love, you know, the places that they everybody's the same, just all around the world. Trying to take care of their wife and their kids or their husband and kids, whichever the case may be. Gene, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the perspective. Uh, Definitely appreciate hearing from you. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom, 855-450-3733. Melanie, have you done much uh, international traveling, having to deal with customs and border protection at all coming back in? No. Did you ever go to Canada or anything like that? Or I went to Mexico? Canada once when I was like three. So you don't remember really them. Count. Okay. Yeah. So you've yet to go through the experience of coming yeah, back. Yeah, I really just have no reason to. Like, I, I'm borderline opposed to like traveling for the sake of traveling. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a traveling person. Like, I only do it when I have to, you know, like, basically I mean, for the show. My thing is like, if I liked... They are better. I I live there. there yeah. So you know, <laughs> right? Well, you know, some people are obsessed with travel, and I I don't begrudge them that. It sounds like an expensive hobby, uh, but uh, you know, I always wonder about those folks. Are they just people who are not happy where they are, and they're constantly looking? Well, I mean, to- and sometimes you have a reason to go somewhere. Like if you mm-hmm. if you have family somewhere or work somewhere, you know, if you're visiting your friends sure. or. There's, you know, if there's, if you're, but you just mean travel for the sake of travel. You, you mean travel for the sake? Yeah, traveling for the sake of it is like, what can I do there? I can't do here, you know. Well, I mean, there's certain things that you can see there, right? Like usually, travel is uh, in a lot of cases about seeing the sights. Uh, for people or meeting the people. It sounds incredibly boring and I can do it from Google, Google Earth. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there's t- there's photographs, right? The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. Although I imagine a travel uh, addict or travel advocate would say it's not quite the same. Looking at a you know high-resolution photo uh, isn't okay, the same. Okay, so say it's, it's better to the extent staring at something can be, quote, better. Yeah. Is it $10,000 better? Because right. that's what you have to, to justify. Yeah. At the very least, it's 5, probably a couple grand, whatever. right? Yeah. Like if you're going to go somewhere outside of the immediate vicinity where you are, you can probably expect to pay a few hundred, several hundred bucks for plane tickets. Plus, if you're not you know, crashing at a friend's house, you're going to end up paying a couple hundred bucks a night for a hotel room. So you're, you're likely, and if there's two of you, you know, you're, you're way past $2,000, if not three, $4,000 for... Yeah, and that's you know, for just basic... Going to California not, or Mexico or something yeah, like that. Yeah, not adding anything on and doing anything while you're there. Right. Just kind of being Just there. going there and eating somewhere here yeah. and there. Staying at a hotel. All right, so you can bring up whatever you want, whether you want to talk uh, travel or you want to discuss prostitution, legalization of it, and how the uh, black market has made it even more dangerous. And that if you want to help people, if you really do want to fight human trafficking, then the best way that you can possibly do that is by legalizing prostitution. I mean... There's just no better way to do it. No amount of cracking down is going to help. In fact, a lot of the crackdowns have made uh, human trafficking more dangerous. Like the crackdown on advertising prostitution ads on sites like Craigslist, for instance, has made it even harder to find those who are being promoted, uh, who might be being promoted against their will for prostitution. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's 
Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. we got enough time for you if you join us now here on the radio. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Melanie. Don't forget, uh, you can also check our website out at freetalklive.com. We have video clips now. Just go to clips.freetalklive.com. That'll take you right to the Liberty Bitch channel on YouTube. And you can subscribe there to receive, I think, a couple few video clips every single day uh, eric freerock is back out of retirement and he has been cranking away on uh, putting some video clips out of free talk live which is great because it makes it easier for people to uh to share what we do because we do a radio show it's a three-hour radio show you boil it down take out the commercials take out the news breaks it turns into two hours of just you know wall-to-wall content and that's still a lot of content. It's hard to share a two-hour-long show with somebody and say, hey, listen to this, because the average person is going to be like, I don't have time for that. So if you just share a clip from the show, that you will find over on our Clips channel at clips.freetalklive.com. It makes it a lot easier. And if you are following us on social media, including Twitter, Mastodon, and Telegram, then you will be given alerts when those clips come out. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, go to twitter.freetalklive.com. If you want to use Mastodon, which is, uh, in my opinion, better than Twitter because it's decentralized, go to toot.freetalklive.com, T-O-O-T.freetalklive.com. And to follow us on Telegram, on our Telegram channel, it's telegram.freetalklive.com. That'll get you to all those places, and all of them have the uh, Free Talk Live video clips posted when they go live on YouTube. So once again, uh, follow us there and share those clips. We sure do appreciate it. Great way to get the ideas of liberty out there into your social media and into your friends' eyes and ears and your family members and followers and all that. So thank you for doing that. All right, let's continue here as we go back to the phones, to the fun We've got Andre listening, I believe, to WTTB out there in Vero Beach, Florida. Hello, Andre. Hi, how are you? Hey, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, thanks, Ian. I was going to shed some light about the um, DUI just from past experience, not something that I'm proud of. But when I was 19, I had a reckless driving, which they considered like a DUI. They just couldn't prove anything. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, about 25 years later, um, I got a DUI, and then 10 years went by. Now, to my understanding, if you get two within a 10-year period, you do go to jail, and you do serve time up to a year. That sounds, um, what, that sounds familiar. If, if, if that's Florida, yeah, it sounds probably right. Yeah, and then the thing is, if you get your second one after 10 years, there is no jail time, but the consequences are pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. In my case, for instance, I, I'm, I'm in, a, in the towel marble business, so I drove about 30 miles to drop off a jackhammer. I did have a beer, and I got pulled over, Damn. and quite honestly, they asked me about doing the sobriety test, and mm-hmm. I did two shirts, pulled up, and I did the field test, and I passed. The one cop looked at me, he says, oh, you, you seem fine. Your eyes are red, and I was like, it's all dust. You know, I'm not a doper, and I haven't been drinking, except I did have one beer. Oh, the other guy says, oh, you're from Vero Beach. You must be some rich guy, because I live in a wealthy town. Mm -hmm. But I'm not wealthy. And he asked me, would you blow? And I said, I was told, because I have a lawyer friend, and he told me, never blow. Boy, I'll tell you, that was the biggest mistake I ever did. Mm -hmm. But in front of the judge... The guy looked at me, he says, I'm tired of the construction guy saying you had one beer when you probably had 10. 
the prosecutor started laughing, and I looked at the judge, and I probably should have held my tongue, and I said, that's nice. You sit there high and mighty, and you're going to tell me that I've had 10 beers when I was honest. I passed the field sobriety test, and yet, boy, and he hammered me. He gave me two years suspension, two years interlock, um, two, two years jail time, and I've never been in jail, never been in trouble in my life. So hold on, I'm confused. Situation. I'm missing something from this story here. If you, if the cops claim you passed the field sobriety test, then you refused to blow. What did they arrest you for? DWI. Um, yeah, DUI because I refused to blow. The one cop, the first cop left. The second one looked at me and he says, "So you're from Vero Beach?" And I said, "Yes, sir." And you always have to be very polite. So. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he says, well, you know, if you don't blow, I can take you to jail. And I said, I was told not to blow. And he goes, who told you that? And I said, I have a lawyer, very high-end lawyer that told me never blow. He says, you know, I can take you to jail. And I said, well, I wish you wouldn't. And he right there and then he jumped out of the car. He says, I'm taking you to jail. Damn. Now, so that's funny because we've heard uh, different advice. Now, again, it all depends on you know which attorney and their, what their opinions are. Well, it but depends largely also on what state you're in. What state, yeah. You now, know. Are you allowed to, to refuse the field sobriety in Florida? Because a lot of people would say that's something you want to refuse rather than the breathalyzer. Well, that's what I was I was told. But quite honestly, you're better off if you were really drinking one or two beers. You should blow. It's not going to register much. Mm-hmm. Um, if it does, and say, say you drank a beer and within 20 minutes the guy comes, by the time they test you and everything else, you're not going to blow but maybe a point zero two. That assumes that the machine is properly calibrated, which they almost never are. Mm-hmm. So people have been dead sober and blue, you know, really? point two. Well, see, this is this is the catch. I went out and bought myself the blow machine. It cost me about four hundred bucks. I sit at home. I drink a beer. I blow. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes after I drank a beer, I blow. I'm blowing a point zero six, which is. In Florida, it's point zero eight to be legally intoxicated. Right, but you're not tampering with your own machine. And you're not using it 50 times a night, I assume. She's saying the machine the cops are using are notoriously inaccurate and can be manipulated. Um, not necessarily. They're, they're pretty much on, on key, enough to get you to the station to get you onto the real one. But by the time you do that, you're probably looking at about 45, maybe an hour later, can you refuse? Can you refuse the uh, roadside breathalyzer and demand the, uh, the the breathalyzer at the station? That's the best thing to do because, and then say you've had four beers, which would make a, a person about 180 pounds, which yeah. up 185, it, it would reduce it to the point that they really won't be able to charge you because you're lucky if you go, you'll probably end up blowing a point zero two, a point zero three. Andre, thanks for calling and sharing your story with us tonight. I definitely appreciate it. Hopefully some people can learn from it. Uh, Although, again, as you pointed out, Melanie, you probably need to check the local uh, state regulations. Yeah, I've had people, I've seen people in cases, they'd blow well over the limit. They'd have a clean urine test and a clean blood test. If 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 the other two tests are clean... You're clean. Yeah. Something's wrong with that so, machine, the breathalyzer. And, and these people still got convicted. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not about, like, 
I'm more worried about the people who are sober and are blowing high numbers because, yeah. you know, if That's I have a, a guy who I know is dead sober and he's blowing a point two or a point one five or, mm-hmm. or even a point oh eight. That's the real problem to me. I'm kind of less worried about somebody who, you know, had 10 beers or had yeah. five beers and then got in a car and they blow up a point oh eight or a point oh seven or whatever. So the the problem is that the test is just wildly unreliable. Yeah, and there have been suits against some of these breathalyzer companies and tests, from what I understand. I don't know if any of them have succeeded against them, but I know that there's there's been some action that some attorneys have tried to take in these in these. Yeah, cases. well, I mean, and they're, they're still here. My, my concern, though, about the two tests is, so say you take the road test and it's, say you're sober and you take the, the road breathalyzer test and it comes back at a .09. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, bring me to the station and, and give me the real one. And so the cop takes his sweet time bringing yeah. you to the station, and then four hours later, he gives you the real one, and he all he has to do is get up in front of the judge and be like, oh, well, he was drunk when I arrested him driving, yeah, of course he's but then four hours lower. later, of right. course, he's not, he's sober now. So so don't take the first one is what you're that, saying. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can't make advice for all right. states, right? but that would be my concern. The best thing to do is look up the rules in the jurisdiction that you live in let's go to ray in long island listening online go ahead ray hey how you doing hey. you guys are talking about prostitution yeah i'm a man whore. <laughs> okay how long have you been doing that that line of work for about five or six years it's very lucrative mm-hmm. now are you uh, uh do you do you go to clients houses or do they come to you no no usually i go to the local marriott hotel mm-hmm. i go to the lobby bar and uh, I know when, like, uh, certain people are coming into the hotel, like a... Uh, like a convention? Like a convention of like Republicans? A, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, I want to hear... Melody, you know, how, Ray, how you doing? Hey, Ray, hang Ray. on, man. Hang on. Hey, she's doing good. Um, Ray, I want to have this conversation with a, with a man whore. Um, but unfortunately, you're right in at the end of the show. So I'm going to ask you to call in earlier tomorrow night so we can actually have this conversation when Derek J. Freeman is going to be with us. He's <laughs> back, uh, which I'm very excited about. And Johnson will be here, too. Uh, so, Ray, call back tomorrow. Call earlier. Yeah, I, I want to see that show with uh, Derek J. And, and Ray. And Ray the man whore. And we'll see you tomorrow, hopefully. Thanks for the call. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. From Anarchapulco 2019, Ian Freeman here in our remote studio, the beautiful Princess Resort. Amazing location, great group of folks. Estimated as many as perhaps uh, 2,500 attendees this weekend. It's been a tremendous success, and uh, lots of them are interesting uh, to talk to. We've only had a chance to, you know, give you a fraction, a taste of what things have been like here. Uh, But we're still meeting new folks, and that means we got plenty of uh, content here for some of our after shows on uh, the Free Talk Live podcast. That's where you're hearing these. Uh, Next up, we got Dr. Mike Thoman. Correct. All right. From DIYDWI.com. You were telling me, Mike, that uh, you had encountered the tyranny of the police state in a uh, kind of a shocking way. Can you kind of tell me your story? Yes, it was uh, an eye-opener situation for me. Uh, probably about seven years ago, I was on my uh, houseboat with a lot of friends and family just celebrating. Uh, where was this? Uh, Lake Norman, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. We were just out celebrating, having a wonderful day, and um, just... It was young people, old people on the boat, kids, children. We were just out there having, like I said, a birthday celebration. And, yes, sure. some people were drinking, yep. okay, uh, me included. I think uh, that day I did have probably 
two beers, to be honest with you, which, you know, normally I drink a little bit more when I'm on in the boat. Yep. Um, but I was so busy kind of hosting the party sure. and a lot of people, you know, just, you know, hosting everything. So anyhow, um, at the end of the day, we come in and like I said, this is a 44 foot houseboat. We come puttering back into the marina. And uh, that day I did get some bad gas and I was having problems with my engine and I stalled out once or twice trying to come in and we kind of bumped the dock a little bit, but no big deal. We landed it, you know, it was all yep. good. Everybody's happy. Next thing you know, a um, couple uh, police officers pull up on the back end of my boat and all of a sudden instead of saying, hey, you guys okay? Is everything all right? You know, concerned for our well-being? No. Mm -hmm. It was like, who's the captain? You know, and uh, who's driving this boat? I'm like, you know, that was me. And, and then first questions Mistake out of their mouth. Mistake number one. Yeah, and admitting something. Yep. But I'm an honest, law-abiding citizen. That's what I figured. That's what you tell, thought. Tell the truth, right? <laughs> I didn't know any better at the time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, next question they ask, uh, which is the biggest uh, mistake that I learned, and I put it in my mobile app, um, have you been drinking today? Mm -hmm. And. Once again, as an honest, law-abiding citizen, I told the truth. State I said, number two. Thank you. Now, yeah. I'm not saying you should lie. Just wanted, for our listeners right. who are just tuning in, you can't just tune into a podcast, but for listeners who might be new to the show, we've been talking about a lot of this stuff for a long time. I'm one of the uh, original members of CopBlock, copblock.org. Oh, wonderful. It's kind of a website that doesn't really exist anymore. It's still there, but it's not what it used to be. Right. Um, it's a know-your-rights organization, so you and I are probably going to get along on a lot of stuff here. Um, but whenever a cop contacts you, um, because cops can walk up to you on the street just like anybody can walk up to you on the street. And this isn't legal advice. This is just my understanding. But whenever a cop contacts you and asks you a question, you're under no obligation whatsoever to give them any answers. So don't lie. Just don't talk to them is really the best thing to do. So had you not admitted to being the captain, had you not admitted to drinking, they probably wouldn't have been able to really do much of anything at that point. But a lot of people, like you're saying, they they grew up thinking the you know officer friendly is there to help. Yeah. They're just you know I'm a law abiding person. I can't get in trouble if I tell the truth or whatever. Right. Well, turns out they're out to get you. Exactly. Yeah. It's not about your safety protecting you. Right. It's all about. It's about caging you. It's about you know bringing you up on criminal charges yeah. and uh, bringing new revenue into the system exactly. is what it is. It's about the money. It's not about yeah. your safety. And I clearly... No one was in danger. You'd park the boat. You were fine. Exactly. Once again, it's about a pre-crime. They're trying to arrest me for a pre-crime. Well, you could have hurt somebody. Well, I didn't. Okay? And yet, next thing you know, I find I'm out there in the middle of the lake on a police officer's boat away from all my friends, away what? from being videoed. Okay, because they pulled me out into the, the marina where they could separate me Whoa. from my friends and family. And then they basically were, you know, tricking me into doing all these sobriety tests and do this and do that and do that. And I'm like, wait, whoa, why, why? And So you were on dry land. You'd parked your boat. Cops come up, ask who was in charge. You volunteered that information to them, admitted you were drinking. Take me between where you admitted you were drinking and how you ended up on a boat with them. I, I missed that. That part. I was on a forty-four-foot uh, houseboat. Right. Okay, so I went to the. They pulled up to the back of my boat. Once you were I pulled still on in, the boat. I was still on still the boat. Still on the boat. Okay. Okay. So when I pulled up, they pulled up to the back of my boat, asking me these questions, and I yep. said it was me. Yes, I had a couple beers. Next thing you know, get on my boat. So now wow. so I'm on his boat, and then he pulls me away from the situation. Now he's got me isolated. Okay, uh -huh. and now that's what he wants. He's got me. Isolated, so they actually confused. puttered out into the water. Yes. They puttered out away from everybody else. That's creepy. And then when I asked him questions like, why do I have to do this or why this or why that, I can't answer any of your questions. Oh, I so see. So that's fair, where man. my app comes in. It's like 
it tells you what to do in that situation mm -hmm. because if you don't know, if you don't know your rights, you right. don't have any rights. That's if right. If you don't you... know what to do, they're going to push you into a corner. They're going to trick you, lie to you. And once again, as soon as you say something like, yeah, I had one drink with my grandmother. Oh, you're guilty. Okay, mm -hmm. now you just admitted guilt, and now they got probable cause. Mm -hmm. And just one thing led to another. I didn't know what to do. He didn't give me any advice. And, and then he wanted me to I did some of his sobriety tests. He didn't say if I passed or failed. Next thing you know, we go out the breath analyzer, blow into there. Mm. And I didn't know any better, so my first response is no. Okay, mm -hmm. you know, everyone always says don't blow. Of course, you hear this from your uncle's buddy's best friend. Right. But no real good legal advice. Nope. Which is why I put it on a website, which is why I put it on an app, so people know that this isn't just from your buddy's uncle's friend. This is legit information, hopefully, for people to have when mm -hmm. they need it. And so I kind of instinctively said no, which I knew, though, in my brain, I only drank two beers that day. Yeah. Okay. But I still panicked, okay, just because that's my first reaction to say no. Right. And next thing you know, he's like, okay, I guess we're going in. He gave me 60 seconds, and I'm like, can I call my lawyer? No. <laughs> he's, so he just said that, no. And, of course, I don't have him on tape because I'm out in the middle of the lake. Right. And then next thing you know, we're going in. So I'm like, okay, great, we're going in. So he pulls into the gas dock down there. Yep. And then I'm finally, you know, all my friends and family come down, and they're like, what's going on? What's he being charged of? DWI. Well, first of all, I can't be charged with DWI because you don't have any proof for that, mm -hmm. okay? All I did was I refused to blow in the breath analyzer, so all I can be accused of is implied consent or not doing what you say. But you cannot charge me with DWI. So I don't have handcuffs on at this point. He's got back into the gas dock, and now I'm saying, fine, just let me blow, okay? If, like, this is all I need to do, let me blow. And I've mm -hmm. got this on tape and it's on my website. All this now is being recorded. And they're it's saying... your family was recording? My family's yeah. being recorded. Yeah. And it says... Good for them. You can see where the officer escalates it and escalates it and escalates it. And we're just like, just let me blow. And he's like, it's too late. <laughs> so it's like, oh, what do you mean it's too late? And it's like, you're under arrest. And it's like, it, no words ever came out of his mouth. He says, I'm under arrest. I had no handcuffs on. So clearly mm -hmm. I wasn't under arrest. Right. But it was his, now he's arrogant is it's too late. And they were like, we, wait a minute, we could just resolve this whole thing right here. Okay, I got this on tape. So I got my brother saying, we could resolve this whole thing on tape right here if you would just let him blow. I'm not going to let him do it. So right there just goes to show his arrogance. And yeah, next thing oh you yeah. know, we've got 10 cop cars coming down. Wow. They tackled my girlfriend on the dock because she was asking questions. Yep. And then, you know, it's like they're arresting 10 people. God. Okay, I'm going to jail. They want to do blood on me. They want to do this. So 10 people went to jail. A couple of people wow. were injured. Cops threw, you know, like I said, my girlfriend down on the dock. They escalated all this <laughs> over a simple non-incident. Wow. And then that started my journey like, oh, my God, so I'm innocent. And yet now I'm going Here to jail. Yep. I'm being booked. And then try to f find some answers out there in the real world. Uh, every lawyer wants $5,000 retainer before they give me any answers. Right. And I would tell them this story, like, I only had two beers, I swear to God. They, of course, believe you or don't, or I don't know, but they're like, you think they would just say, man, no problem, I'll just get you off and just, you know, I'll deal with it. You're innocent. It shouldn't be a problem. But no, nothing's ever that is simple oh, in no. the legal system. Yep. It's not a justice system. It's a legal system, clearly. So through a lot of hard work and uh, 
research. Uh, you know, I uh, figured it out myself. I went pro se. And, geez, imagine that. Just amazingly, the state happened to lose my blood results. Okay. Oh, coincidental. Coincidental. Because, you know, when it would have showed up probably 0.0 in uh-huh. their face, they would look pretty stupid. Right. Okay. And then, you know, I tried to take out criminal charges against the officer for, you know, malicious, you know. So, wait, hold on. Before you get to a criminal charge. What happened with the uh, the case? Because they lost the results, was it dismissed or? Uh... Yeah, after me having to go up to court two or three times mm-hmm. and play the game and sure. do the process, and then, and then they lose the blood results, so it gets continued. Yep. Then I got to go back, take another day off of work, go up oh, there, yeah. and then you know the DA's they not here. They get paid here. to be there. You oh, don't, yeah. right? Yeah. They don't care about your time. Right. So I think the third time I go up there. They still don't have the blood results, and I tell the guy, look, I'm a doctor. I got my own practice. You know, this is ridiculous. They lost the blood results. Yeah, that's on them. And the judge was actually, I don't know if he was in on it, and he knew that, you know, that it was going to come back negative or what, but he did throw out the case. So okay, good. that was that. Wow. Um, what about the other uh, family members? What were they charged with? You said they arrested, a de- you know, 10 of them. Oh, you know, your BS charges, like, you disorderly know. Disorderly conduct. Disorderly conduct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, resisting arrest. Yeah, resisting arrest. Yeah, the These classics. These are their favorites. Yeah. yeah, just like Peter Sage over there for contempt of court. You know, it's like, really? Yep. You know, anything to harass you. So this sets you on a new uh, new journey in life, huh? It, it opened my <laughs> eyes to, like I said, the police are not there to protect and serve. Right. It's more of like your Transformers. This shit happens every single day to people all across uh, the United States. It's just, it's so common. And it's sad that you never hear about this in the media, okay? And that's why I had to draw a line in the sand and say that I don't want this to happen to somebody else, right. okay? Someone's got to stand up and do something. And, right on. You know, it was a lot of work. It's a lot of time on my part. I haven't made, you know, any this. I'm not making any money on this at this point. I would like to at some point make a little revenue stream on it so I can it. keep it going, yeah. Yeah. okay? But my main goal is I don't want this to happen to somebody else. So I did spend the time and the money and developed a... Uh, a mobile app for Android and iOS is coming out here in the next cool. couple of months. And then what does it do? To, What's the point of the app? The point of the app is, you know, you most people are not going to study the law before nope. they get pulled over. Okay, we're too busy. We're on the hamster wheel yep. trying to pay our taxes, keep up with life. Um, so when you do get pulled over, there's a section in my app that actually is an algorithm, and it pulls it up. And you say, I'm being pulled over. You hit this button, and it walks you through the exact steps what to do. What to do. And what it to even say. has some legal disclaimers on there. Mm-hmm. Say this to the officer. Roll down your window. Say this to the officer. I plead the fifth. Here's my license registration. I'm not going to answer any questions. Good. I respect you as a police officer. Yep. But that's a good that's a good know, script. That sounds yeah. like good information. Again, you know, being involved in a lot for a lot of years and know your rights information and telling people how to handle police interactions. The less you say, the better off you are. There was that pesky Supreme Court decision that did say you have to. Uh, verbalize your right to remain silent, which is crazy, but, yeah. you know, that's why you, you've put in there, you know, I, I'm using my Fifth Amendment right. I'm going to remain silent. Thank you very much. There's another guy who uh, I love on uh, YouTube. His name's Kenny Suter, I think is his name. And he does videos where he has interactions with the police, and all he says whenever the cops try to ask him something, he says, I don't answer questions. Just that's all he says. So that that is that sort of I'm invoking my Fifth Amendment right. Just any time, because they'll, they'll always come back with another question. Well, blah 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 blah. I don't answer questions. I don't answer questions. He just keeps on coming back with that. And then finally, the cops are always like, 
Ah, uh, get out of here. Right, you know? right, right. They got nothing. Okay, right. like I said, if you plead the fifth, they don't have anything to get you on. If you don't, if you say, you know, you're a a hole or you're something yeah. like a get on my face or you're a, a slang cop term, then they're going to get you for something. Okay, yeah. and they'll make something up. But if you just stay calm, say I don't answer questions, simple things like that. You know, can get you out of a lot of trouble. Now, question for you on um, you know the the research that you've done. As I understand it, in different states, there are different provisions of, around refusals of, uh, say, the breathalyzer or refusing to do the roadside tests. Um, did you? I, did, does it take into factor like where the person is as far as in in your app? You know, do, does it matter where they? You know, Florida or in New Hampshire or whatever. We will have uh, different states broken down as far as the um, the penalties mm-hmm. and the levels of DWI and stuff like that. But generally, the rules are kind of across the board. Are you they know? pretty standard? It's like don't if they got to ask you your permission to do anything. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Can 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 you get out of the car? Can we search your car? No. Can you do a right. roadside sobriety test? No. Can you you know blow in here? No. Just you know. So in some states, as I understand it. If you refuse the, uh, if you can refuse the sobriety test, but you can't refuse the breathalyzer, or they take your license for a certain period of months. Correct. That's called implied consent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they get you on that. But if you are drinking, okay, and you're not yep. sure if you're over the limit or you're close, basically, I'd rather have my license taken away for six months than the criminal than get a D- DWI. Okay, so once yep. again, if you know what strategy to use. Okay, you can get yourself out of situation even if you're drunk. Okay, right. Just don't admit to any guilt. Yep. Don't do any road sobriety. Don't give them any evidence. Bottom line, right? Okay? That's because that's what you're doing. Whenever you do their sobriety test, you're helping their case. Yeah, exactly. You are making their case for for them. And the roadside. If you're going to do one of them, do the breathalyzer. Because if you did just have a beer, you probably are going to be fine on the breathalyzer. But if you're too tired or whatever, and you fuck up the uh, the roadside test, there's no real like. Yeah, you're not talking to a machine here. You're talking to a human being, and they get to determine based on their observation whether or not they think you've passed the test. And if they don't like you, then they can still say that you didn't pass the test, even if you think you did a great fucking job. You know, putting two like you know your foot feet in front of the other and walking the line or whatever. Even if you said your ABCs correctly or whatever, it's not it's not being recorded most of the time. No. Nope. Um, of course, one of the things we recommend is record every interaction you have with the police. I don't know if you suggest that in My your app. My app actually does. As soon as you put the I'm being pulled over button, it pulls up the audio and video nice. of your phone. Nice. It starts recording all that. Sounds like you've covered the bases with this, uh, Dr. I've Mike Thoman. I've tried. here, and We're uh, redoing the website right now, making it all, I think, a little bit more uh, mobile-friendly and... Uh, we appreciate any feedback, yeah. Because you know it's hard to get a lot of feedback from these lawyers because, and the legal system because they don't. I'm the enemy. They don't right. really want to help me. No, no, okay. you're a problem. You're helping uh, people avoid the attorneys, which yeah, right. means avoid the ridiculous stuff. A girl, an ex girlfriend of mine, um, recently had an issue with a D- DUI, and you know she probably should have known better, but she didn't do it right, and she did take the sobriety test. They ended up charging her. They didn't have any evidence because she wasn't drinking at all. Yeah. But they thought she was a crack a crackhead because it was 3 in the morning uh, in a little gas station in a small town in, in New Hampshire. She'd left her house uh, in order to make a phone call because her home, she didn't have cell phone service there. So she has to drive into town. She was just there, you know, it's 
February. It's freezing cold out. She was in her sandals. She just figured she was going to go and make a phone call, come uh, back right. home. Yeah. And, she, you know, cop makes her get out of the car. She does these t- tests. She's standing in pools of water, freezing cold water, in, you know, bare feet, basically. And uh, just being tortured by this, this awful cop, uh, these corrupt cops. And uh, they charged her with DUI. Ended up having no evidence of an actual DUI. But they did a blood draw on her and found out she had a uh, prescription for Adderall. And so they claimed she had too much Adderall in her system. And it just became this ridiculous ordeal that never had to happen in the first place. She hires an attorney and, of course, pays him thousands of dollars. It's impoverished her. She doesn't have any money anymore. Yeah, yeah. That can ruin a young person's life. Yeah, it can ruin anybody's life. Yeah, financially. And then what if she had a drive for a living and you're getting charged with a DUI? Okay, now you lose your job. You live out in the middle of the woods. You have to drive to go to work. You can't just walk to work. You've got to drive. I have a uh, infomercial linked up to uh, my Facebook page, and we're... There's a commercial that they brag on TV. They brag that you're going to live with your mom. You're going to lose wow. all your money. You're going to lose your car. This is, they brag it on there that we're going to destroy your life if you do DWI. Yeah. And it I'm does. Like, oh, it my does. God. You know? And, of course, the people who are real drunks, they don't care. They get right back behind the wheel and keep drinking. Oh, yeah. So we know that you know the actual criminal charges don't actually really stop the, the no. real problems. Right. They just get, end up... Uh, impoverishing, like you said, young people and, and older people, and it's just it's so tragic. I'm so glad that you came over to say hi, uh, because you know I've been on board with this for a long time, and I know you know some of our listeners already know a lot of this, but we always have new listeners tuning in, so it's important to hear your story. And thank you for sharing it uh, today here. That's Dr. Mike Thoman. His website is DIYDWI.com. Now, did you say the app's already available or it's coming out soon? Uh, the uh, Android app is available it's now. It's available. Okay. Uh, so it's in the Play Store. So if somebody it, search, yeah. what do they search for if they want to find it? Um, DWI Secrets. DWI Secrets. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, everything else is going to be on there is be from a law firm, a legal yep. firm. They're not going to tell you the real deal. Nope. So uh, this is really the only independent mobile app out there with DWI. So uh, we are renaming the website DWISecrets.com, make it okay. a little bit easier. I did the DIY, so do it yourself. DWI, yeah. Uh, but a lot of people aren't comfortable with doing it yourself, so hopefully we can guide you. And yeah. uh, we work with some you know, smart people, once again, between the app and myself, a couple other people. We can kind of, you don't need a lawyer. Do it yourself. Okay, save your five ten thousand dollars And the problem is nobody knows your case better than you. Right. Okay, so your lawyer, you're, you're just a number. Okay, so yep. he's not going to work very hard. He's going to throw you under the bus. He's going to get a plea deal. Yep. He's going to make you probably get charged with some form of DWI, just yep. a lesser degree, and still going to cost you $10,000, yep. have an ignition interlock on your car. And it's like, for what? Because you didn't stop at a stop sign and you had two beers? And I've proven, too, uh, with a breath analyzer, that I could gargle with a beer right now at yep. 10 o'clock or 1 o'clock here. I haven't had anything to drink. I can gargle with the beer right now and blow a 2.0. Sure. So those breath analyzer machines are terrible, Bullshit. too. Yep. So we can get those thrown out in court, too. Dr. Mike Thoman, DIYDWI.com. Thanks for joining me on Free Talk Live. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. This is Anarchapulco 2019. We're probably going to have some more uh, after-show guests here because it's just a great event full of interesting people. And once again, check out Anarchapulco.com for more. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. 
And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. I've always wanted to change the world. So I moved to the Shire to join people who were actually working towards doing the same thing. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, connect with others via the forum at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.